the boys are back and we were all in South Africa together at the World Championships. So this recap show, um, we got like a a for real, not just watching the stream, seeing updates, whatever. We lived it. I legitimately <laughs> called every single session we're about to go through. Um, every I remember what it felt like. And you fellas were in the back in the warm-up room for a huge chunk of these sessions either handling the participants or were on the actual platform calling the action like Rory was, um, you know, given it as a ref. So we we have a very intimate knowledge of this world as well as the background stories because we talked to people, lifters before the competitions. We talked to them after they competed, how they felt um, in all the background stories and shit that was going on in the side stories. So... Man, we, we we should have a very good recap show right now. Now that I set us up, watch us fumble the fucking ball. But, <laughs> so, but, so much pressure. So much pressure. But uh, but anyways, we're, let's start. We're, this is the women's recap show. We're obviously, we'll start like we always do. Um, go from the bottom weight class and work our way on up. So we'll start with the 47s. And this was the battle of Turbo Tiff versus Heather Connor. Heather Connor returning, obviously, was the world champion previously, had not lost her title on the platform. Uh, Turbo Tiff, last year's Worlds, took the title, but Heather was not there, so it was a little contentious. You know, they, it, we needed this showdown to clear some things up. Now, in the interim, between those two world championships, Turbo Tiff has been, you know, just throwing on so much strength and experience um, so by the time we got there to South Africa, we didn't know exactly where she was going to end up, but we knew she was something special. And not only strength and experience, but she'd been throwing on size as well. Turbo Tiff initially, when she moved into the 47s, was undersized, did not have to cut. By the time she showed up in South Africa, fully, like far more muscular, that's a side effect of weightlifting, but actually was cutting now. And Turbo Tiff was cutting to make 47, so that was... It, it obviously size helps, but it could be when you're traveling and cutting a possible issue. Turned out not the situation here in South Africa, especially with an inexperienced lifter. Even though Turbo Tiff is now two-time world champion, still relatively new to the game, was not an issue for her. Cut it down, felt strong. Um, Turbo Tiff, a 300 in, let's pull up the results as we walk through this here, um, gentlemen. And, and by all means, feel free to jump in whenever. But Turbo Tiff, on her second attempt, hit a world record squat. Now, this is nothing overly surprising. We knew Turbo Tiff was going to build her total in the squat event. We knew Heather Connor was going to cover ground in the deadlift event. Uh, Turbo Tiff is, is good in all three. But Heather Connor is obviously a deadlift specialist. And Turbo Tiff's got a monstrous squat and a big subtotal. She's got a big bench press as well. So we we're expecting her to start building in the squat event. In her second attempt, 160.5 kilos for the world record squat. Already picked up a chip. Already has a nice lead. And moves up to 163 for a third and final squat. Now, it's just a kilo and a half. They'll retain the chip there. Um, and it's a kilo and a half conceivably that Heather's going to have to deadlift more at the end if this is the direction it's going to go. But Heather ends up missing her third squat. Um, Small Lai, who's perennially in the bronze medal position, it seems, as of right now anyways, missed her second and third squats. 
got her opener. So she's in third place and ended up cruising to hold on to that third. But in terms of the overall battle between Turbo Tiff and Heather Connor, when Heather goes two for three in squats, Turbo Tiff goes two for three in squats, but Turbo Tiff ends up taking a world record. How are you guys feeling about this battle? So I was technical control for this session. And so I have to admit that I wasn't paying super close attention because I was, I had stuff going on. But so, you know, after the, after the bench press, I went and checked the score sheet just to see how it was going. Cause even though in theory I had a front row seat, like in practice, I wasn't, wasn't really watching particularly closely. Um, and I was surprised to see sort of how far behind Heather was at that point. And, you know, I did, did some quick maths to figure out what she was going to have to deadlift to, you know, have a, have a decent chance of uh, bumping, to, bumping Turbo Tiff off the top of the podium. And, you know, excusing the possibility of, of Tiff bombing or whatever on deadlifts, which, which can always happen. Um, and so, like, we, like we know Heather had some horrific travel getting there and was just like, not on top of her game on the day and and you know coming out of is it like a 35 kilo deficit coming up on, on subtotal or something like that like it was just going to have to be an enormous ask on her deadlift and then missing her deadlift opener as well just really didn't set heather up to even you know even even pull to try try win at the end there so um like definitely not the way i expected the battle to end up unfolding like i did think it was going to end up being a lot closer than it, than it ends it up being or than it looks on the score sheet. Um, but I would really like to see a rematch of this in, in a, another 12 months, you know? Arian, what were you thinking? Um, we'll talk about the deads in a second, but uh, what were you thinking leading into the deads in, in the, during the bench press and the squat sessions? Yeah, and I mean, going into the session itself, you know, a lot of us were kind of thinking the same thing as like, I'm looking back at what Tiff did 2021 Worlds, her total was actually 397.5, which is what Heather did. But since that 397.5, we saw her break the 400 kilo total barrier. We saw her unofficially break the world record total. We saw her put up one of the all-time best totals in the 52s. And so we all thought, okay, the momentum is on Tiff's side. But some people still thought, you know, Heather can also do 400 plus kilos. She has the big deadlift. Maybe she'll try and pull for the win. And so a lot of us kind of saw this happening as far as the placing. We just didn't think it was going to be this big of a gap. But when, we, when I saw the openers, I was like, one, holy crap, those are, you know, big projected numbers for Tiff. But two, I still thought there was potentially a chance because um, Tiff sometimes will just take smaller jumps. And as you've seen, you know, like this meet and previous meet, sometimes she'll miss the third attempt squad as well. And so I was like, okay, she's starting with much better openers, but there's still some room that could be covered for Heather. But unfortunately, like you said, Heather missed the third attempt uh, squad, the same as Tiff. So she didn't gain any, gain any ground there. And then uh, missing the opening deadlift, she repeated it to, you know, stay in the meet, which kind of like held her back a little bit. And then potentially with the 193, it could just be at that point, you know, you you know, you're not going to win. The pull's not for the win. Maybe you're not as motivated and maybe you don't try as hard. So maybe if it was, okay, this 193 or 195 is a pull for the win, you go get it. But since it's not that point, then you don't have the same kind of motivation and she didn't get it. So she ended up totaling less than 400 kilos, but it's still her best total at Worlds. If you go look at her previous two world titles, she won with being in the 370s. So it's definitely a big jump up for her, uh, for Heather, as far as her capabilities at Worlds. It's just that tiff is a is a different beast right now yeah i'm in the bench press event um turbo tiff ends up opening with 90 kilo even it's a junior world record moves up to 96 it's an open world record and now you know there's all types of chips in play she's piling on the kilos 
doesn't even come out for her third bench press. Heather ready, steadies herself, goes three for three in the bench press event. And just to give you an idea, what it looks like after the squat in the bench press event. Now, Turbo Tiff, um, if she, once they hit, Turbo Tiff's subtotal is 256.5. Heather's is 212.5. Now, that's a mighty spread moving into the deadlifts. Just to give you a little, if Heather hit a 200 kilo deadlift, which is a top end massive deadlift, probably even on a good day, that's a top end, she's going to end up with 412.5. And that's a phenomenal total in the 47s. That's if she had hit. So going into the deadlifts, if you were to do the math off of those massive sub, if the massive subtotal Turbo Tiff had, even if Heather hit her top end 200 kilo dead, she's still at 412 and a half. Once Turbo Tiff hit her opening dead, she was already at 416.5. Now you think about that right there. Turbo Tiff hits her opening deadlift. She's at 416.5 right there. You know, it, it was as soon as that dead, that opening dead flew, it was going to be, I mean, Heather's now 200 kilo plus if she's going to try to pull the win. This it was, it was almost, it was just too much. You know, uh, Heather did her thing, showed up. I'm like extremely grateful she's there because if she didn't, what are we talking about here? Um, so she could put pressure on Turbo Tiff. So Turbo Tiff had to, you know, hit these big lifts and has a world-class contender there. She needed this rivalry. Uh, but once we moved into deads, that subtotal was just so monstrous. It was crazy. 256.5 by the time we get into deads. And once you hit your first dead, you're already at 416 point. Like, what are we talking about? We've never seen a 47 kilo lifter capable of doing that off her opening day. It's all like there's not a 47 kilo lifter. It's there's nothing Heather could have done or any 47 kilo lifter alive ever could have done. Um, it's just too much. And and as it were, so Turbo Tiff ends up with a 426.5 kilo total, which ended up um, she would have. I think it's a silver medal in the 52s away class up, and obviously ended up in the bigger picture. We'll lean more into this, but getting her best lifter of the entire tournament. It was utterly dominant. You know, a star emerging dominant force in the 47 kilo class. Now, I'm like you, Rory. I want to see them battle it out again. Um, you know, what can Heather do to shake things up? I mean, there's there's there can be work that can be done, but it's it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be difficult because 426.5 is a 47, and this lady is 21? She's still a junior? This is you know, it's it's crazy. It's very, very, uh, you. we've never seen this before. She's competitive a weight class up as a junior in a weight class below. Yeah. Yeah, j just add on to what you said as far as the, the subtotal is like, yeah, Heather obviously has the big deadlift and Tiff is not as big of a deadlifter, but it's only a, it ended up being a 15 kilo difference and Tiff actually got the silver medal in the deadlift. So she's literally the second best deadlifter in the meet out of the weight class and she had the best subtotal brick in the, the squat and bench world record. So like you said, it was just too too much to keep up with. Um, so for Heather, yeah, maybe going forward is just adding kilos onto all three lifts, especially the bench where she got a fourth on bench, but she got the silver and the squat and the gold and the deadlift is maybe bringing that bench up some more and then having the bigger deadlift to go along with it, then that can start covering some ground. And then just adding on to what you said as far as um, no one has ever done this before is the world record was only held by one person this whole time, Chen Wei Ling from Chinese Taipei, 
broke the world record in 2012 and then she broke it again in 2015 at that 407.5 and no one has been able to break it since 2015. Um, like I said, Heather's won previous years in the 370s when the world record's 407.5. Then Tiff comes here and breaks it three times, her opening deadlift, her second deadlift, and her third deadlift, pushing it all the way to 426.5, which is just ridiculous. Out of all like the world record totals that were broken, that was like one of the biggest percentage increases over the total um, of the meet. Not like Nolly, all that, like she was a gold medalist at the Olympics for weightlifting, just to give a perspective of her A class athletic abilities. That's who Turbo Tiff's overtaking. You know, people talk about like, what if A class athletes entered powerlifting? Turbo Tiff is. You know, we're talking Olympic gold medalists. Coming over into powerlifting, hitting 407.5. Like Heather Connor was besting that as well. Heather Connor is an A-class athlete as well. Turbo Tiff and Heather Connor are both tip of the spear athletes, not just powerlifting, period. You know, and and they just went toe-to-toe. That's why, like, even though this battle didn't end up being like a massive battle in terms of how it was over by the time Dallas rolled around, Heather Connor is a special talent that we needed. She needed to be there. You know, she's, otherwise, what do we have? We don't have a storyline at all. Um, it's just Turbo Tiff at 21 is is that special, man. You know, we knew she was special last year. But in terms of France, France got so many shooters with Leah Bavois and Noemi Alibert and all them. Turbo Tiff is, she's she is right. She She could be at the forefront. For all we know, she could legit be at the forefront and be ahead of Leah, be ahead of Noemi. This is a discussion, I don't know. Maybe it's not for this podcast show, maybe it's for future, but you could argue that. If you want to argue, she won best lifter. I was going to say, just to throw it in real quick, she won best lifter of the meet. And on open IPF for the women, she's the number three all time in points. So she's right behind Amanda and Leah. Man, it's, and then, you know, and that's just, that's using the calculator. If you look at, what she's done historically speaking in, in the record, it's, it's, it's freaking crazy. Uh, but yeah, so the 47s there is some old lie had a shaky squat ended up. Um, it's going to pull this up here. Ended up writing the ship a little bit here. So she was, um, she only got her opening squat, ended up missing second and third, only getting one bench press in, but going three for three in the deadlift. So writing the ship a little bit by the time of the final event, uh, easily clinching that bronze, and there's your one, two, three. Let's talk about the 57s, though. Uh, the battle of the 57s was uh, 52. Oh, 52 we sorry, there. I meant to say I meant to say 52. <laughs> sorry. Um, the battle of the 52s was it lived up. Now it didn't live up into the to the point where you know we thought Noemi might be pressed. It, you know, previously she could have been pressed for sure um, if if Shizuka Rico had hit. Which she had previously hit because Noemi Alibur with a 437 and a half, or 438, sorry, and pretty sure Shizuka has hit 438 previously. Like it could have been actually a battle for the gold medal, and that's how it could have unfolded. But even though Noemi in the competition ended up having a nice spread by the end, and we'll go through it event by event, but the other ladies battling for silver and bronze, it was a pretty good battle. Looking at the squats, um, in second attempts, Canada Steph Keane takes the world record with 161.5 kilos. Then Noemi Alibert from France 
takes it back, takes it with 165 kilos. Then Plum Deckers from Netherlands with 165.5 kilo squat. And this is the second attempts only in the 52s. Just to give you an idea, you know, people talk about an event is built on the squats. If you have a good squat day, you're prepping yourself for an amazing day overall. If you have a shitty squat day, it's going to be very difficult to dig yourself out of the hole. It can happen, but it's going to take some Hail Marys at the very end. That was the second attempt. In the third attempt, Steph Keen goes up only one kilo, but by now the world record is over that, but she gets it. Noemi Alibur goes up three kilos to take the record back. So now Noemi Alibur took the record back from Plun Deckers, but Plun Deckers says, I will match your three kilo jump. Of course, I will take the world record back over to hers. Um, Shizuka Rico and Megalie Smith both hit, both hit 160 kilos in their squad event. And in terms of the, and, and Marissa Inda hits 140. So in terms of the top lifters here, one through six, that were all possible podium favorites, all of them going three for three in the squad event. Fellas, what was your impression after watching the 52 squad? That was potentially the best uh, sort of exchange of the the entire meet right there, right? So you're watching the um, squat world record change hands like six times in the course of about 15 minutes was uh, phenomenal. And a lot of those attempts were really good selections as well. Like uh, I don't, no one was massively sandbagging just because they knew they could get the record. Uh, no one horrifically overreached like i think the vast majority of people actually went uh three for three on squats and in, in the 52s which is which is really cool to see as well uh i have to say i, d- I did think that plona was going to go for 170 or 170.5 um i guess she'll just have to leave that one maybe for europeans or something like that just push that record just that little bit higher um but that that sort of opening salvo really set the uh set the tone for the rest of the meet what were you thinking there Aaron? yeah yeah, I mean, I have to agree with Rory. Like for uh, a single lift battle, like a world record battle, that was that was the best thing uh, from the meet. It reminded me somewhat of uh, last year's worlds for the eighty threes with a deadlift. Um, I was just looking it up with like Russ and Giannis from France and Anna, which we'll talk about more later. They were going back and forth with that deadlift world record, and so now we kind of see it here with the squat. Um, and you were kind of expecting, you know, it to happen because we already knew like Steph Keen was squatting over the world record. We knew Plune already has the world record. And then Noemi was getting was getting up there as well. So you knew some kind of battle is going to happen. It's just great that it happened not only in the second attempts, but also the third attempts. It wasn't just like the end where two of them chip it or something like that. You saw the world record breaking five times. And I believe the record was 165 or sorry, 161 initially, which which shows how close Shizuka and Megan Lee were also towards it they were at 160 so they were just right below the world record as well so you had basically five ladies that were so close to that squat world record and then three of them just tossing it back and forth yeah it was um you know going into this event as a commentator i remember saying take a look at what the world record is and now take a look like for instance noemi alabair opened up a kilo behind the world record a kilo behind the world record you know, um, it, you knew the world record was going to fall, obviously, but for it to be taken that many times and, and so many of the ladies end up that close to, to history, it was, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy squat session moving into the bench press. Now, this is where some things appear like they, it could have been a stitch dicey. Um, 
And this is where some of the packets shuffled a little bit, and then we'll move into the deadlifts. But Noemi Alibert gets her opening at 177.5, misses 82.5 twice. Uh, Plune Deckers gets 82.5, misses 85, has to retake it, hits 85 kilo. So Plune's grabbing some kilos here in the bench press event. Steph Keen from Canada opens with 67.5, ends up finishing with 80 kilo. Now, that's a nice spread in the bench press event and going three for three in the bench press. Rico Shizuka, or Shizuka Rico, um, going two for three. And Megan Lee Smith also going two for three here. Marissa Inda taking the gold medal, but only getting one out of um, her, three, her three attempts, missing 95 kilo, retaking and hitting it, missing 100 kilo. What were some takeaways for you, gentlemen? And how did you think things were looking going into the deadlift event by this time? Um, it appeared as though probably Marissa Endo was too far back. But how are you thinking about Shizuka? How are you thinking about Megan Lee Smith, Steph Keen, Plun, Noemi? Were you guys now telling yourselves after two events, before the deadlift event, was Noemi in your mind still in danger for the gold? Or do you think the battle was going to end up being more for the silver and bronze already just after two events? And you could go first again, Marie. So I think things were more or less shaping up how at least I expected coming coming through the bench press. Um, so one thing that is abundantly clear looking at that, this is that people show a lot of hubris with their bench attempt selection, right? There was a lot more misses on the bench press than there was on the squats. I think only five out of the 13 women made their third attempt bench press. And I haven't actually counted, but a large number of them either missed their second as well, or they missed their second and they came back and got it on their third. Uh, and, and often we see that when people who are benching 70, 80, 90 kilos are taking these like relatively large jumps. And so that's one of the problems with having a, you know, a bench press in the seventies or eighties is that if you have to take a two and a half kilo jump every time, like if you're not in range of the world record, then that's a really big percentage of, of an 80 kilo jump, right? Two and a half kilos seems, maybe a little small, uh, but five kilos is a really big percentage of an, of an 80 kilo bench press. And so going, you know, uh, for example, like Naomi went 77.5, 82.5, that's a big jump. Um, and, and she potentially cost her two and a half, herself two and a half kilos by not going 77.5, 80, potentially getting 80 and then attempting 82.5 on her third attempt. Uh, of course, we probably all knew that Marissa Endo was going to come out of bench press with a, with a gold, uh, and that uh, you know, Plone was going to pick up a few extra kilos there as well. Um, of course, uh, yeah, I'll pass over to Ari now. What are you thinking, Ari? Yeah, just just adding on a little bit to what Rory was saying is like on squat, we saw the top nine lifters all went three for three on squats. And then it flipped, like Rory said, on bench press, where only Steph Keen out of the top nine went three for three on bench. Everyone else missed at least one attempt. And so for Steph, the way I saw it from that pack, because there's like so many lifters in that area of like, you know, 415 to 425, is that Steph Keen gained the edge by making three. And she took some sizable jumps. She went 67 and a half to 75 to 80. So she was making ground on her bench where these other lifters were missing and losing ground so like marissa only getting one kind of put her back shizuka and megan lee um, only getting two put them back as well so i think that benefited steph there on the bench as far as the overall at that point i still wasn't 
concerned yet with Shizuka. I thought she would still be in it because if you look, Shizuka and Noemi both benched the same and then Noemi squatted only eight kilos more. So in subtotal, Noemi's up eight kilos. Shizuka has a similar deadlift as Noemi and sometimes she does try to pull for the win. So I thought she was still within reach to try and pull for the win or maybe just go for second if the win's out of reach. So I still thought it was going to be a, a close battle there going into deadlifts. Yeah, so talking about Shizuka Rika, when, when it was happening live, um, sure, she like so she went three for three in the squat, missed her last day de- or last bench, but that's just two and a half kilo, which isn't a massive fallback. To to Rory's point, in terms of selection there, um, we knew okay, well, you missed two and a half kilo, but it was an appropriate jump where if you miss it, you're not falling back too far behind. If you get it, it's two and a half kilo less, you have to deadlift. But talking about that deadlift, she has hit 200 kilo in training, and I'm told 200 kilo is in her. And if you do the math here, she needed, if you put, because she ended up in the deadlifts, only getting her opening deadlift of 185. If you add that 15 kilo to her 422.5 total, we're talking she's at right there with Noemi. She would have been 437.5 in terms of her total. 438 is what won it. So in terms of her threat going into the deadlifts, watching this unfold live and knowing what she has hit is capable of hitting, and conceivably, you might be able to put it together on the day. She was still right in it. You know, she hit her 185 deadlift opener. The thing is, her deadlift is volatile. And it's always been volatile. If she hits, she's hit 438. She's hit that winning total that just won the world championships. She's done that on the pod, on the platform already. But it's a volatile lift for her. You know, she's bombed. Or she's hit, you know, unofficial world records with it. She's, she's, it's just the way Shizuka Rico is as a lifter. It makes it extremely entertaining to watch. And um, she's either neck and neck with the greatest 52 we've ever seen in Noemi Alibert, or she's right off the podium finishing in fourth place. You know, and if you were just to go by the scorecard here and you didn't watch the event... Um, you would see her finishing in fourth place and think, well, okay, well, she she was never really in it then. She was almost an also-ran. She's off podium. She was in this the entire time. She was a threat the entire time. At any point, she loads up 200 kilo and she's right there. And that 200 kilo load up would not have been an ask that was a Hail Mary by any means. That's full well within her within the range that she could hit. Just not on this day. Now, having said that, we're talking about Steph Keen, who went three for three in the squats, three for three in the bench press. Now, Steph Keen's bench press, um, she ended up being in fifth place for bench press, but she's six for six. And if ever there was a person who's a three-lift specialist and not a single specialist, her deadlift, reliable, 180 kilo, but she goes three for three in the deadlift to the point of Rory getting the most out of your lifter in a class this stacked. Her deadlift is good enough to bake her fourth and finish off the podium in the single event. But when you go nine for nine and get the most out of your lifter, even in a stacked class like that, Steph Keen able to end up on the podium, but it was a hell of a battle to get on the podium here. Um, uh, I was going to say, speaking of Hail Marys, look at those attempts. 150 opener jumps to 162.5 second, and then she sees Shizuka miss her second. So it's like, okay, maybe Shizuka will miss her third as well. Let's go and tie her on total and beat her on body weight. Jumps from 162.5 to 180 to pull for the bronze medal. And, and listen. And Shizuka misses again. And, and this is this is where 
if you're the Canadian co- or any coaching staff, you got to be paying attention. But it's true. They're watching this. They knew they were going to load up on the third and final. They knew it was super tight to get onto that podium. Between Alibert, who's who's a gold medal favorite, but that's obviously one podium spot, even if someone upset her. Plune, Steph, Shizuka Rico, um, Megan Lee Smith, and of course, Marissa Inda. There's six people fighting for a podium, podium conceivably. If you look at it here... Plundeckers ends up with 423.5. One kilo behind is Steph Keen, and the exact same is Rico Shizuka with 422.5, only she's a stitch heavier in body weight. And then 10 kilo behind is Megalee Smith, who loaded up on her final deadlift to pull to get herself onto the podium. It was, um, yeah, of, of those, and of those ladies that I just mentioned, it was only Steph Keen who ended up going three for three in the deadlifts. But Plundeckers having built enough of a lead. Um, and it was so tight, it was enough to convince these ladies, you're, you're fighting for the sil- the bronze medal and you're not pulling for my silver. Um, it, it was just so tight of a race, man. This 52 kilo uh, class was maybe the most stacked in terms of top to bottom, not single one-on-one showdown. We could get into more of that later. There's more to come. But in terms of one through five, Go ahead, Aaron. I, I was just gonna add in. There, I was just gonna add in there too uh, before you go to the next weight class. As far as the attempts is, after Steph Keen pulled that third attempt to go into the four twenty two point five, Megan Lee Smith, if you remember, pulls that third attempt and she got it two to one. And then you see Jeff Butter run over yeah. there to the jury and protest. I think maybe another team coach had gone as well. Um, so it wasn't just Canada. <laughs> and Roy's, I think, is saying six coaches. It was, it was, it was six coaches, coaches, including myself. There. <laughs> Went, went to go protest it, and then the jury overturned it to a no-lift, which moved Megan Lee Smith back down. So Canada definitely got their money's worth out of Jeff Butt with those attempt selection, perfect 9-for-9 nine nine day for Steph to put her into bronze, and then Megan Lee Smith knocks her off the podium, and he goes to the jury and gets Steph Keen back on the podium. And watching that live, let me say, in terms of drama, when you're watching drama unfold, there's nothing like a little bit of controversy, a little bit, oh! It's going to get overturned. I remember as soon as the lift was done, Jeff Butt coming around that corner. You know, he was the way he came around that corner. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Even though, even though it's, they're all borderline calls. It's never like a, you got to be kidding me call. It's always borderline. But if you're going to sell it, you're going to fucking sell your story. You're going to sell it. Like you got to be fucking kidding me. Like you got to come around the corner like that. You're going to, you're not going to say that because you're going to say play, but your body language and the expression on your face is like, you got to be fucking kidding. It was, I mean, it was such an amazing session right down to the last deadlifts. Um, and speaking of uh, the last deadlifts, Farid Farhana from uh, Singapore with a mass of 200.5 kilo final pull as if the battle on the podium wasn't sweet enough. And it was a great battle back and forth. A 20.5 kilo pull for a world record deadlift. Um, and I believe that's uh, that. Well, I know that's Pena's lifter right there. I mean, it was a it was a hell of a show, man. That's a hell of a way to cap it off when she's going for the for the deadlift world record and takes it. So you get to end up on a high note, um, fellas. This is definitely one of the best sessions we'd seen in the women's division. Yeah, definitely something I hadn't hadn't seen because in the nominations, sometimes 
the lower uh, place lifters, they may be good at one lift, but since you're only focused on like, you know, the top five or top six, you don't see it. And then, yeah, I'm watching the competition. Next thing you know, she breaks the world record Delif on the second attempt and then breaks it further on the third attempt. Whereas you thought it might be, you know, a Suzuka or a Noemi going for that world record Delif. So that was definitely a surprise. And that 200.5, when I remember, looked pretty easy. So she definitely has more. In it her. flew. I'm t- it fl- she did a yeah. belt list as well. Shades Joy Namani, which will be a nice uh, segue for us. It flew, dude. She, she's got more than 200.5. I mean, obviously, take the record. Don't go much more than you need. Just take that record and you could push it at Euros or whatever. But um, Penna told me he knew she was going to go for that. God knows what she's going to go for. Uh, she's from Singapore, so not Euros. Sorry, she'll be at the Asian Championships. or Oh, I'm not sure where her next competition is. I shouldn't schedule for her. But uh, but keep attention to her anyways because she's going to pop up somewhere in the international competition. And I'm interested to seeing how far she's going to take that record because she's got more in her. She's to your point, Arian. She's got more than 200.5. She was just going to take the record and not load up with any more than she needs. Now, speaking of Joy Namati, holy shit, did we have some drama? Do we have some action? Do we have a star emerging in the 57s? Joy Namati giving Great Britain the scare of their life, missing. All three attempts, and her third was overturned. On squat. On squat. It was as scary a fucking moment. I mean, holy smokes, was this. It was controversial. It was exciting. It was dramatic. And in the meantime, while while she's struggling to get a squat in and giving everybody the scare of their life um, coming out of Great Britain, Jade Jacob from France, a young French shooter, the reigning junior world champion, total opposite squat session, goes three for three in the squats, breaking junior world records along the way, ending up with a 175 and really setting the pace. I know in the preview show, um, I think it was Bill and I think it was Rory who were talking about how Jad was going to be, you're crunching the gym numbers saying, my God, her total is going to be around 480s. And I remember thinking, I don't know what, look, look, it's difficult because gym numbers don't always translate onto the platform for a million reasons, right? Um, like go to the world championships, your total doesn't always go up, it goes down. You know, travel, cut weight, what are you doing in the gym? How was your body? Whatever. There's a million reasons why. So I was excited about her. But after the squat event, I'm like, holy shit, this might actually happen. It was still early days, but this might actually happen. Before I get your guys' impression, let's Evie goes um, two for three. Maria J- from Canada just gets her opener. And Bobby Butters takes the gold medal in the squad event with a world record 183 kilo, about 403 pounds for a 57. A woman who's 125 pounds to be squatting for over 400 is fucking insane to think about. You know, you, you go to a gym, you see dudes twice her size, very happy squatting four plates aside. She's 125 pounds, man. It's insane that she's squatting this much, um, taking the world record. And uh, Rory, what is your impressions? After the squat event, obviously, Evie, friend of yours, you're handling her. But on the flip side, you had foreseen that Jed Jacob, what she was going to do. What was your impression, Kainzer? 
Right. So during this session and in particular during the squats, I think I aged about six years. Um, it was very stressful. So um, so let, let, let's go top to bottom. Uh, so Joy, from where I was standing, that last squat looked high and I thought she was out. Um, and you know, as a, like from a sports perspective, like nobody wants to win because the other person bombs out. Um, you want to win because you're stronger. Um, but that also meant that suddenly Jay Jacob, Bobby Butters, E.B. Corrigan, Maria T are all thinking, okay, so I've gone from fighting for probably like potentially first, but more likely second to fourth to fighting for first to third. Right. Um, and so like that was, that was a very expe- uh, exciting moment. And when the jury overturned it, that was me approaching the table uh, being like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, so, <laughs> so there was, there was that um, Jay Jacob squatting uh, 175. I, got, I have to, I do have to eat a little bit of crow hair, Ryan. I said, I said she totaled 485. She only totaled 480. So um, I wasn't, so I wasn't banging on on my prediction. So <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but I was pretty close on, on Plum's total. I think I said 425 and she went 423.5. So pretty close there. Um, Bobby Butter's world record squat. Uh, I don't know what I can say there, except that it was amazing, right? Like that was really, really good. Now, the bit that actually aged me was uh, Evie Corrigan. So, um, of course, I was handling Evie. She's a good friend of mine. I see her in the gym uh, many days. Uh, opened at 160. It was good. We took the A-track, 167.5, and she missed it. Um, and I was having these flashbacks to 2019, where in 2019, she opened her squat at 150 and then missed 157.5 twice. And so she missed her 167.5, and I'm like, no, no, it's happening again. Um, but of course, being the competitor that she is, she managed to sort of get her head back in the right space and come back and then hit that on her third. So it wasn't exactly what we wanted to squat, but given given that she missed the second, coming back and hitting it on the third is, is a pretty good recovery and like realistically we probably would have only gone 170 or 172 anyway so like as far as kilos left behind we really only left two maybe five kilos on the table so um it it, not amazing but probably didn't like make or break the day at the end of the at the end of it just because because evie was able to put herself back together like that um, and of course, Maria, always great to watch her squat. I was hoping to see her take a run at the world record again. Of course, uh, went 170 and then missed 180 twice, so it didn't happen this time around. Uh, but maybe she'll come back and do that another time. Arian, what are you saying, dude? Yeah, I mean, this is a definitely interesting session to watch. And when I when I saw the openers, I, I didn't know Jay Jacobs training was going so well, like Rory and Bill. And so when I saw the openers, I was like, oh, man, they're, they're right. Because if you look at, like, for example, Jay compared to Bobby's openers, it's like they both have the same squat opener. Uh, Bobby has 10 kilos more on bench. But then Jade has, you know, tw- what is that, 27 and a half kilos more on deadlifts. So I was like, oh, shit, this is, this is going to get pretty crazy here. And then, of course, seeing, you know, Evie battling in there for a podium, but also Sheffield spot and Maria being, you know, former champion in there too. This was an- another crazy one. I did not see Joy squats yet. Um, the IPF recently put the live stream on YouTube, so I should probably go watch it because I've heard a few people, and it's not just Rory, you know, hating on them, saying that the squats all looked high. Um, so I'd have to go watch it and see whether, you know, what angles we can see and whether it's legit that the jury overturned or not. But that did change everything because you you went from, oh, Joy, the world champion just bombed out, and now this junior lifter is in a, in a position to go and win it all to the jury puts Joy back in, and Joy still has a fight because her best lift is Delif, so she can just wait to the end and pull whatever she needs. Um, so she was back in the fight and everyone else kind of like Roy said shifted down a spot um, and then for the 
world record perspective, this is one of the weight classes where like the most world records are broken. So Jade actually broke the junior squat on the second and third. Bobby, as you said, broke the open on the third. And then there was also a Masters 2, Antoinette Creel from South Africa that broke the Masters 2 world record squat on her third. Uh, and there was more world records broken on the bench and Delov. So along with this whole battle of this like top five or top six lifters, um, there's all these world records being broken along the way too to have this crazy finish. Yeah, I'll... Uh, if I'm honest, I, I when I watched um, Joey's third squat, I thought it was still high. But when they overturned it to put her back in, I also wasn't like, oh, my God, this is egregious. Um, it was right there. It was like they're all going to be relatively close. Like it's not like whole. this isn't, you know, you see some of those federations where it's like, how the fuck are you passing these squats? This isn't what we're talking about. We're, we're splitting hairs here. Like, it's never going to be a situation where I'm like, oh my God, I, they totally... St-. And it's Jad, by the way, guys, you uncultured fucking pieces of shit. It's it's not Jade. Um, but... <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, of all people. I know, that I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, but... It wasn't egregious, but it was. It's look at this. This sports baby at the highest level. You're gonna have some controversy. It is what it is, kid. Um, what can I tell you? It made it for a much better show. I talked to Jad afterwards. I seen her Noemi at the um, afterwards at actually the the sports bar in in your hotel there in the Soho, and she was like, "Look, it, I'm not sure, but I don't want to win a title with her bombing out if it's contentious." If it's 50-50, 50% of the people say it's high, 50% of the people say it's low. I don't want to win with a 50-50 split. Give her give her the benefit of the doubt and let's rock and roll. Fair enough. You know, fair enough. If it's on that line and we're and you're gonna ask a Roman it's 50-50, I, I respect that. And also, I think Jade is like fucking, I think she's 21. She's she's still a junior. She's got a lot of lifting left to go. You know, she's got actually got the junior world championships later on the same summer. So, um, you know, she's going to be back. It is uber exciting. But before we start talking about that, let's go into the bench press. So Joy, whom, depending who you ask, went 0 for 3 in squats, went 3 for 3 in the bench press and righted the ship. Jad goes 2 for 3. Bobby, 3 for 3, taking the silver medal. Evie going three for three and resting Rory's heart rate a little bit. Maria going two for three in Donna Berglund in typical Berglund fashion, taking the gold medal um, in the bench press event. And um, let's take a look. And uh, the world record as well. Sorry, with 123 kilo. I'm just switching from screen to screen. Pardon me. Um, but Bobby Butter has got a phenomenal 110 kilo bench press. Um, Evie would have 102 and Jad missing out at 97.5, but she had hit 95 kilo on her second attempt. And when you start adding these kilos up, here's how the subtotal unfolds. And this is just showing when we enter into the deadlift event, how much pressure was on Joy Namani now. And the storyline was, okay, Joey is no longer this massive favorite for the gold medal. Now she's neck and neck with it because she's previously hit 492.5 kilo total. But by the time we go into the deadlift event, we know that's not going to happen today. We know she's going to be far below that today because she only got one squat in. The subtotal walking into the deadlift event, Joy added 252.5 kilo total. Jad Jacob had a 270. Now, sure. Joey's got a big deadlift, but holy fuck, does she got a 
hole to dig herself out of today. Um, so it's a massive lead for Jad Jack up in the 57 kilo class, 270 to 252.5 with Joy Namadi. Now the rest of the ladies are in it. Bobby Butters is in it. In the end of the day, she's only two and a half kilo off of winning the gold medal herself. But fellas, what were you guys thinking after the bench press event, walking into the dead after walking into the deadlifts, when the subtotals are that close? Are we? It starts becoming kind of that. Is she going to find herself like Heather Connor, where it's like, yes, you have a massive deadlift, but you have left too big of a gap. The bridge is too big. You're trying to build to cover that gap now. The deadlift is an amazing weapon, but it isn't the Excalibur that's always undefeated. And Jad Jacob is starting to piece together a crazy day. And for all intents and purposes, Joy wasn't. What were you guys thinking going into the deadlifts? Rory, you can go first, love. So one of the things with deadlift specialists is that particularly based on the training that you can see as an outsider without you know specific information about what's going on is that it can be really really hard to tell what their top end is right like the difference between joy's top end deadlift on the day being 220 kilograms 225 kilograms 230 kilograms 235 kilograms like based on based on what we can see in her training and her travel and her weight cuts and all of those things it's really hard for us to project oh yeah she's got 228 today or she's got 220 uh, 230 today right like that difference is so incremental that like it's just a it's just kind of a question mark and so we're looking at these subtotals which are enormous um in, in, in many cases like like you said uh, like Jade jacobs subtotal huge ridiculous um and we, we we know that joy has a really good deadlift but does she have 20 kilograms more than jade like 10 probably 15 probably 20 starts getting into that uh that range where we, where we don't really know anymore right and so obviously handling Evie, I'm mostly paying attention to, to Evie and trying to get her on the podium, trying to get her the Sheffield qualifying total, uh, which she hit on her opener, by the way. Um, but it's, but what we're looking at is, is what do we need to deadlift to get ahead of each of each of these girls? Like, what do we need to do to get ahead of Bobby? What do we need to do to get ahead of Jade? What do we need to do to stay ahead of, of uh, Maria just behind us? Um, and we were looking at the numbers that we were going to need to get ahead of Joy coming out of this. And even though we were ahead on subtotal, you know, we needed to deadlift like within 10 kilograms of her. And like, well, if she can deadlift 230 today, are we going to load to 220 to, 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 to take a run at that? Like... Probably not today, right? Um, so, like that's that's the maths that we're running through in the back, and we, we we think that Joy has probably got it sewn up, but without really knowing exactly what her top end is, it's it's quite hard to tell. Um, and so, seeing it shake out exactly like this, like that two twenty eight was right on the limit, right? Like there wasn't if there was more there, it wasn't a ton more. Uh, so, yeah, Aria. Yeah, and looking at some of the other lifters, um, like for Maria, I'm not sure what happened there because Maria did the Canadian Nationals where she like had an easy meet. She like passed on her third attempts. Uh, her numbers looked easy, but then her numbers here were down, and she's done more before at Worlds. She's done in the 470s at Worlds before. So for her, I'm not sure what happened with her missing the two squats, missing the, the third bench and the third delf and, and falling into fifth place. Um, and then just looking at the top lifters, um, an interesting thing about uh, 
Joy and Jade also, or Jade to um, add on to this is that sure. they both weighed in the same 56.45 kilos. So like you had said, Jay, Jay was up 17 and a half kilos on subtotal and Joy's opener was 17 and a half kilos above Jade's. But the way it works is that on, on opening attempts, they both have the same total. So you go to body weight, see who's lighter. They both weigh the same. So then it's the lifter who hit the total first that would be in the lead. So actually Jade was ahead after openers. So I'm not sure. Um, um, I think Joy, I think the British team increased Joy's opening deadlift, but I'm not sure if they thought about that and factored that in that Jay was actually ahead on openers, but they made up for it on the second attempts because Jade only went up seven and a half kilos. And so Joy went up, I think like 11 kilos to break the world record and to get into first place on the second attempts. And then from there, yeah, it's, it's difficult to hit the pull for the win, but it's easy that you just wait and see what Jade does. She has to go make a third one since you're in the lead. Then whatever she does, you just add the, the math and you put down the bar. It says she went up seven and a half kilos, so they only needed to go up another four and a half kilos, looks like, to pull for the win. And like Rory said, with those sumo delfters and with big delfters, it's hard to know exactly where they're at. Um, you had mentioned Heather before, like people who have like scoliosis like her, the range of motion actually decreases as well. The more weight you add, it compresses. So like for some of those lifters, it can be very difficult to gauge where the strength is at. And maybe they thought, okay, we'll make Joy pull 228, which would be a PR for her. Uh, and doing it on the world stage would be big for her. And she ended up getting it, but... You know, they could have maybe tried to do a 212.5 for Jade and miss. And at that point, you're out of the game. So you have to, you know, pick an attempt that you know for sure you can make and then put the pressure on that person. Um, so then you kind of look at the scoreboard now. And you're like, man, if Jade had made that third bench, it could have been a completely different story. But it is what it is. Joy stays in the meet on squat. She cruises the rest of the way six for six, pulls for the win, gets another world title. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, not quite Cruz, but I'm sure she was scared shitless. <laughs> Cruz as if she makes attempts. Not to- right, right. I know what you mean. Yeah, she, she stays. She writes the ship and doesn't miss another lift uh, for their run out. Um, well said. And look, at Jet Jacob, you're right. In terms of the temp selection for the deadlifts, she, despite her having that total, um, in terms of the subtotal and that big spread, we knew Joy's deadlift was coming. And Joy started taking jumps. Here's the thing, but the French team did very, very well. They put Jad Jack up in a position where, A, she went three for three in the deadlifts. She did not miss and tip over. So they got the most out of their lifter in that regard and made Joy pull something she's never pulled before. 228 is actually the biggest deadlift Joy's ever had. She's pulled very close. I think she did pull 227.5. But the fact of the matter is, that was her top end. You can get greedy, to your point, Arian. You can get greedy and be like, let's make her pull three kilo more than she ever has. Let's make her pull five kilo more than she ever has. Yeah, but your lifter could start missing now. You know, it's not just a bottomless well that you could keep going into. Your lifter is going to start lifting. And in terms of Jad Jacob's top end, a 480 kilo total is phenomenal. She's already had a phenomenal day. You've squeezed every mount out of that rock. You know, the rock is going to start running dry. There's there's only someone she could ask, especially of a junior. You probably got her top end. I mean, Jad Jacka, for all intents and purposes, that one bench she missed was the only lift she missed. And that's only two and a half kilos shy off then. So I think the French team is, did as good as they could. Um, you know, obviously a junior world record and gave the reigning world champion and Joey Namani, two-time world champion in the 52s, two-time world champion in the 57s, an all-time great period, four-time world champion. I mean, 
And Jed Jacob is a junior and gave her the scare of her life and essentially gave her a warning shot. Next time you see me, I know you can total in the 490s. Better bring that, huh? Better bring that. And not only have you better bring that, it might not be good enough. Just think about that for a hot minute. This was good right to the very last deadlift. Uh, Bobby Butters, look at 480.5, won it. 480 was silver, 478 was bronze. That's how tight of a podium that is. Two and a half kilo is the difference between gold and bronze. I don't know what that is for percentage off the top of my head, but Bobby Butters is as much of a freaking the tip of the spear elite as they get herself, world record breaker. And I mean, it's crazy competitive. And then not far off that was um, Evie Corrigan with a, a 470, missed 197.5, moving up to 200. Um, and as you had said, Rory qualified for Sheffield and, uh, she's, she's world-class man. She's worthy on the right day. She's on that podium, you know? So it, man, the 57s, the 52s, the battle of 47s, like it was fucking phenomenal thus far at the IPF world championships. I'll Having add a couple of things to that, that Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I would say that from the French team, uh, the attempt selection there was perfect, right? Like like Jade missed the 97.5, but she got the 95 and there's no options in between, right? So she got every kilo that she could have got there. And like from memory, the 97.5, like it wasn't it wasn't close. It wasn't like she did some, something dumb technical and missed it. Like it was 95 was what was appropriate. And uh, same from Bobby, like Bobby went nine for nine, uh, she had the smallest deadlift out of the people who were sort of in the fight. And so she, her and her coaches were in the position of having to guess what those top ends were. And right, like we said that she was two and a half kilos behind. Uh, and so actually she needed five kilos more because she was also heavier and, and couldn't get the deadlift chip. Uh, but by, but by taking that 185, she actually forced both of those last girls to make their attempts or she would have ended up in first, right? And so that's the play that you have when you don't have a deadlifter, right? As you get yourself in the position so that after your third, but before theirs, you're winning. And now they must make every attempt from here on out. And right. And so that that difference of whether Jade took that extra two and a half kilos or maybe an extra five kilos, potentially pushing Joy to take an extra two and a half kilos, maybe an extra five kilos, that also was playing into Bobby's positioning, right? Because she's her total is already set, but their totals aren't. And so she was briefly in first and, and sort of probably crossing her fingers and hoping hoping that some people skiffed it and missed their last deadlifts and, and it didn't fall out that way this time around. And also Evie taking a bronze medal in a deadlift event. Um, I like to do the event wrap up. Let's move on though. We've had nothing but clean lifting, um, you know, returning world champions until the 63s. And this is where, you know, everybody was shocked. Leah Bavois missed weight um, for the 63s. And all of a sudden, what could have been a runaway event ended up being another battle. Um, and we've had battle after battle, and now all of a sudden, here's another battle. Now, in terms of Leah Bavois missing weight, um, you know, we I talked to Penna, I talked to Leah, and it was a crazy 16-hour cut at the end. I'm not. I'm going to have details. Penna's coming on the podcast. He was with her, obviously, th- trying to get the weight off. Um, he's not her nutritionist, but he's her friend, right? So the, the team France rallies around her, and they just it, it was a it was crazy. They pushed it to the limit to try to get this weight off. Quick funny story antidote because we have these back back stories. Not sure how the 
fuck this rumor happened but you guys probably have heard (laughs) here we go so i'm i'm in the warm-up room i'm I'm walking around i think i might even have been around the venue and people like holy shit what did you do man and i'm like come again and and this lee had already missed weight and they're like fuck man is it true is what true man and this is Garrett, the head coach of the Canadians. And he's like, did you take Leah Bavillon for dinner the night before? Like a big dinner? And and you're the reason why she missed weight? And I'm like, Keska, fuck? I'm like, hell no. What are you talking about, man? I didn't even see Leah Bavillon. And then from there... I shit you not, like six different people had asked me, like, and they were adding all, like, oh, I heard the French team's pissed. I'm like, what do you mean the French team's pissed? At me, because you because you took Leah Bavel for dinner and were like, you had some kind of food competition or some shit. Why the fuck would I do that? Why would I challenge someone to a food eating competition? She wasn't with, she's like, I, here's the thing too. Here's a funny thing about this rumor. If you would see me with Leah, I could see where you might be like, oh, maybe they're going for dinner. And then be like, fuck, that's kind of weird because she missed weight the next day. Was she fucking out for dinner when we seen them? That's something. The thing is, I didn't even see her the night before, man. I didn't see her until, like, I saw her, like, two nights before and that night later on. But the night before, I wasn't even, didn't even see her. There was, like, literally zero storyline there. And then when somebody talked to Jess about it, they were like, um... Did you hear about that rumor, Ryan and Leah? And she goes, yeah, it's not true, but I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> 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 I'm like, fuck, Jess, what are you doing? Yeah, I know it's not true, but it's a good one, so I'm not going to dispel that rumor. The other but, thing is uh, you have absolutely nothing to gain from like that, right? Like there's a Canadian lifter, but she ended up finishing like seventh. Like you're already going to sabotage one of the other lifters to move her from eighth to seventh. Like really? Dude. What the shit? And like Leah would just be like, yeah, let's smash like burgers and fries and like, like, what are you like? What? Oh, it's king of the lifts. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you picking up the bill? Like, like, like she would get like, you know what I mean? Like I got Jedi mind trick control on her, but I swear to God, man, like six people rolled up on me and I seen Penna afterwards. I'm like, Penna, there's a French team hearing this? He's like, I didn't hear that rumor. I'm like, okay, cool. Because the other rumor was the French, the whole French team and the national team coaches were pissed at me. I'm like, there's no fucking way they believe this. Is this true? There's no way they can hear this rumor and be like, that sounds like logic to me. They're pissed at you because you can't pronounce any of their names. Hey, you guys should talk right now. Okay, I sound like a Frenchman. Um, but uh, but anyways, so uh, but, go ahead. Buddy. But but just to uh, j- just to add on to the whole uh, missing weight thing, it is another thing about like showing up to meets, especially like a world championship. You don't know who's going to make a, make weight. You don't know who's going to show up. You don't know who what people are going through. Um, and the men's uh, weight class, which we'll do the recap later, uh, Franklin Leon didn't show up for the 59s. We don't know why. So, you know, a lot of these lifters showed up on the day thinking, okay, Leah's going to win by a big shot, and then we're just battling out for the rest of the podium. And then you show up to weigh-ins, and you hear Leah's not there and doesn't make weight. You're like, shit, now it could be a world champion. Always show up, man. If, if ever I've found, like just in life period, not just for sports, but yeah, we're talking, we're on a sports podcast. Show up. You don't know what's going to happen. Even if Leah made weight, how badly is she rattled from it? You know, what's how badly depleted is she? A 16-hour weight cut. You know, I, 
Just show up, man. You don't, people bomb. We've seen favorites bomb out. It happens all the time. You know, like this is, it, when when a world championships or a nationals or whatever competition is rolls around, at least one of the favorites is going to go down. At least one major upset is going to happen. Who is it going to be? You don't know, but it might be the weight class you're in. Show up. And someone who did show up in writing a, an amazing comeback is Megan Scanlon of the U.S. Who would have thought, holy shit, I had somebody message me in the DMs being like, am I the only one who picked Megan Scanlon to win the 63s? Because I think I just picked up a fuckload of points in the Fantasy League. I'm like, dude, conceivably on the, like, I love Megan Scanlon, but on the surface, I think Megan Scanlon would even be like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to beat Leah Bavois. Well, guess what? You know, you didn't have a head-to-head with her, but you became the world champion, picked U.S. up 12 points towards the, the, the women's national team, which was massive, by the way. We also took a bath on that in the Fantasy League because we all had the French team winning the women's, and obviously the Americans did. Megan Scanlon completely changed the tide. Listen, she didn't make Leah Bavois miss weight. I did. Whoops. But... Um, what she did do was end up in a fucking battle, a three-way battle where three of these ladies ended up with 505 and she fucking clinched it with the U.S. When the door of opportunity swung open, she fucking walked through that and battled it out and did her damn job. And Megan Scanlon, I mean, a hell of a story in terms of comeback, but yes, the door of opportunity swung open for her, but she had to make good of it. It wasn't like it was sewed up. Because Chiara Bernardi, Iris Shelton, Serenaldi, um, Pentea, all of them are killers. You know, uh, Chiara is is a world champion in the juniors. Shelton is, Iris is a, a European champion. All of them full well capable. Megan had to do better than, uh, uh, had to have the best day she possibly could on this day when this happened. You know, and that's the best, when the opportunity comes, you still need your all-time best day to clinch this. On the surface... When I'm looking at this, it would have been Bernardi who would have been the favorite. And I said it on the commentary, This pro- and it's it's tight, but Bernardi is probably your favorite now to win this. But it's so tight and so close. But it would have been Bernardi, the junior world champion who has totaled more. But the proof is in the pudding. You got to show up. And um, as we, uh, we'll take a look at the scoreboard here. But so Megan Scanlon going two for three, making 180, missing 185. Bernardi hitting 180. Um, Iris Shelton hitting 192.5. And she doesn't have as big of a deadlift as uh, Megan and, Ch- and Kiara. So she needed, she kind of needed that third squat. However, she's going to face stiff opposition from Serenaldi, the other Italian who's going to try to make a, a position to get onto the podium. Um, obviously moving into the, from the juniors as well, a star and Pentea. So the squat event, a little untidy. We're in the top four lifters, all of them only going two for three, leading into the bench press. Fellas, what were you thinking after the squat event? It's, it's, it's a little untidy all around. Some people are missing lifts. I'm not sure if someone's going to have a PR day, not a PR day. It's still early. What were you guys thinking? Arian, do you want to go first this time? Sure. Uh, on this one, like, you know, 
on on paper after squash you're looking and you're seeing okay you know iris has the gold megan has the uh, silver and chiara has the bronze but on the projected openers or looking at the bench and delif to me megs look like a high opener on the bench and a high opener on delif so i wasn't sure how much progress she made on the deadlift since nationals on bench i knew she did because one she had issues using the foot blocks at nationals and her attempts were very easy it was just the foot block slipped on her i believe on her second attempt and in training she had posted up some big numbers as far as reps and and a one rep so on bench you know kind of had an idea but with Delph I didn't know so I didn't know if that number was legit if they were going to lower it or you know what was going to happen as far as that as far as the projected total so I, I was kind of still up in the air after squats like hey let's see how things play out but it was definitely untidy on squat and across the board looking at it looks like no one went nine for nine so there's a lot of missed attempts across from first down to 18th place and so it was just one of those battles I guess like you know you just have to fight through people missing attempts left and right and whoever makes it through makes it through Sorry, I think I said all of the top four missed. Uh, Bernardi went three for three. Rory, what were you thinking after the squad event in the 63s? Did you see anybody emerging or were you just like, look, this is too close. I'm not sure how this is going to unfold still. I was very much in the this is too close. I don't know how this is going to unfold camp. Uh, I was only half paying attention. I had a lifter in the alternate flight in the in the 63 kilo A flight, the the, the weaker flight, um, and that lifter did really well. Um, but I was paying attention to her rather than what was going on at the top end of the 63 kilo class. But I did take a couple of glances at the scoreboard, and of course, Eris has this enormous squat, uh, which is a great starting point for the rest of the day. But a big squat just doesn't doesn't really carry you. Like you still still have to get attempts on the board you still have to get a bench and you still have to get good deadlifts on the board and so like I, I, I was looking at that and thinking hey like that she set herself up well but there's still a lot of this day to go right and so for the for the people who haven't spent a lot of time meet day coaching I guess one thing I will point out is that projected totals are a trap right and some coaches will use them to trap you on purpose um, and so as Ariane was saying uh, like people will put in deadlift openers which are just like just completely made up, right? Like either they'll be 10 kilos high or they'll be 10 kilos low or both the bench and the deadlift will be 10 kilos high. And, and so you're looking at these numbers and thinking, oh, you know, I've got a comfortable lead or, oh shit, I have to make up 30 kilos sometime between now and the beginning of deadlifts. How am I going to do that? And like, that's just not real, right? Or not necessarily real. Uh, and so you have to be really careful with those when you're looking at them to make these decisions as to whether they are real and that's what these people are actually opening on or whether they're doing it to trap you or if they genuinely don't know what they're going to open on yet and some people will only be making these decisions they'll have a range in mind and they'll only make a decision as they get to their second to last warm-up or their last warm-up or something like that and they've got right up until three minutes or three lifters before their flight starts to make that change and so they'll put that change in at the last possible second and uh, if you're expecting them to open on a particular thing and they change it you could be left like holding your belt in your hands right in talking about, you know, the squat event, uh, I'm just pulling up some of the numbers here. But um, so Kiara has hit 183. She finished off with 180, goes three for three. Does she, and, and again, this is in the open, that 83, the increment, increment obviously looks like a record, but she's far off the record because Leah Bible is in there. So she's not going to have a chip. She's going to have to go up. So does she do 182.5? Easy 2020 hindsight. To start being like, wow, what if she loads it? But you need to hit. And um, and she would start missing because she wasn't going to have a banner day today. Um, and looking at, for instance, uh, 
Iris Shelton, she's hit 195.5. She missed 197.5. 2020 hindsight, if she had said, wow, what if what if the national team had put up 195? Would she hit 195 instead? And that would have been a two and a half kilo for you, for you to win. But you don't know how this battle is going to unfold. You know, uh, you know, Iris knows my big chunk is going to come from my subtotal I need to build. And you're probably thinking someone like Kiara's got more in her in the deadlifts, which historically speaking, she would have. So it's all 2020 hindsight. You're trying to get the most out of your lifter without tipping over. Uh, but you could tell the battle was going to be tight. Now, going into the, de- into the bench press event, Megan Scanlon hits her opening 125. Misses 132.5, which is a sizable seven and a half kilo jump twice in her second and third attempts. Um, Bernardi hits one hits 110, moves to 115. Again, this is a decent jump in the bench press event, five kilo. Misses, but hits it on her third, which is five key kilos for Bernardi. She's going to need those. Iris writes herself, goes three for three, and Serenaldi. Um, also from Italy, who missed her second attempt in squats and got it on her third, ends up going two for three, missing her third bench press. Um, with Pantea, ended up going two for three. Now, we're before we go into the Dallas fellas, I'm with you, Arian, and I had said this um, live on the air when I was when the event when the action was unfolding that I'd seen Megan Scanlon's 190 deadlift opener, and she went one for three in the bench press, and I was wondering. Is it is the deadlift going to end up the same as her bench press in terms of she gets her opener? But to me, that seemed like that's got to be relatively close to top end weight. Now, she went one for three in the bench. Subtotal's good. But is she going too big on deadlifts, flying too close to the sun? How big of a jump can she possibly make from her second or from her first to second deadlift? If she ends up going two, one for three, is it enough? Um, and then you have Bernardi, who historically speaking has a pretty big deadlift. Um, Iris is building a, a pretty good subtotal. Mr. Third squat, but ended up going three for three in the bench press event. So her subtotal starting to even off and she's going to be passed into the 500s. All these ladies that I just mentioned end up with 505, spoiler alert. And it all comes down to body weight. That's how close it is. But what were you fellas thinking going into the deadlift event after seeing the bench press unfold? Arian, yeah, just kind of first- adding on. Sure, yeah, just kind of adding on to what you said. It's easy for us or anyone to look at the score sheet now and be like, "Oh, you should have done this. You should have done this." The way you should be looking at it instead is as a athlete or the coaches. Like, was your decision making process correct? Because there's times where you'll make the right decision and you'll end up losing. Like maybe Charlie Bernardi made the right decision on squat and end up losing, or you may make the wrong decision. Like maybe Meg and the team go look back and say, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't have done the 185 squat. Maybe we shouldn't have done the 132.5 bench." But it worked out in our favor. Right. So sometimes the end result is not showing whether you made the right decision or not. Um, but um, yes, yeah, similar thing as as you were saying with the bench for Meg is she hit the 122.5 at nationals and she's opening up a 125. So that's like a little worrisome to me. It's like, okay, the 122 at nationals did look easy. Her train did look easy. Um, her numbers she's been hitting, but it was 125 
too heavy and then jumping seven and a half kilos was that too much of a jump whereas maybe you would have gone like 125 130 to allow 132 or 135 when it is that close of a tight battle but again we didn't know what our top end was and then so then it made me think the same thing like okay we just went one for three on bench is the same thing going to happen on deadlift because at national she hit 195 and she's opening up a 190 so it's like okay are you opening up too heavy again and a similar thing is going to happen um so those are kind of my thoughts going in is like I wanted to like, you know, be like, oh, Meg's the favorite going into deadlift. And obviously I'm from USA and I want to root for her and everything like that. But I was like, uh, did she, you know, screw up on bench and then potentially be opening up too heavy on deadlift. And then these other big deadlifters are going to pull after her and be able to take over. So I was a little bit worried. Rory, what were you thinking, sir? Like similarly, but I also had a real close eye on, on Eris at this point. Like uh, I think on subtotal, she was, was it two and a half kilos ahead? I don't actually have the subtotals. I'm doing the maths in my head as we go. Um, and she was like sort of two and a half kilos ahead or something, or maybe five kilos ahead on subtotal. And like knowing that she had a smaller deadlift than, than Megan, but also she was hitting a lot of attempts. She was five for six at this point versus Megan, who was sort of three for six at this point. And, you know, the difference between you know, Megan's good deadlift and, and Eris's like not so good deadlift. Is it, is it that little? Um, and of course, Megan being the lighter lifter has a very slight advantage there as well. So they, that was kind of what I was keeping an eye on at that point. And you're right. Um, the deadlift difference isn't, you know, walking says wouldn't have been. If you had pegged Meg's top deadlift to be 195, that would have been probably around where some people might have had her. And if you said Iris's top deadlift was 195, which she ended up missing on the third, but that also is conceivable and reasonable. And that's obviously dead even. So their deadlifts are real close. Like all of them obviously ended up ending up in a stalemate on total and it came down to body weight. So an incredibly close battle. But in the lift of her life, if of her career maybe, Megan Scanlon loaded up 200 kilo for a second attempt. Now, when I seen this, this is a gutsy move by Team USA. It's a 10 kilo jump from her 190. This was pivotal. This is where everything changed. This is where it was either going to be like Arian said, you're going to go one for three, it, just like you did in the bench press on the deadlifts, and you're going to start falling behind. And now, now maybe you're going to be good enough for bronze. We'll see. Or... And this is a big pull, 10 kilo jump, a bit of an all or nothing move. You're going to be in pole position now. You're going to move ahead of everybody else. And now everybody's chasing you to try to overtake. And um, and Megan Scalen hit that 200 kilo deadlift and ended up, that's where she got her 505 from. And now it's everybody else's turn. Now, Megan's got a bigger deadlift than Iris, but she's obviously got a smaller one than Bernardi and the game is on. Bernardi hits 210 for her second. Um, Iris hits 192.5. All three of these ladies, and Sarah Naldi hits 210, by the way, but Sarah had fallen too far back um, to cover significant ground here. Now, all three of these ladies hit their second. All three of these ladies ended up missing their thirds, but already Team USA knew um, we had pushed the envelope. Once Megan hit that 200 kilo deadlift and ended up with a 505, the other ladies were going to be at, you know, right at the edge. And Bernardi, her 210, it was, it was tough. It was, a, you knew 212 and a half. It doesn't matter whatever, anything's happened in training or whatever. 210 on this day was at the top end and you knew it was going to be tough. Same with Iris 
Um, 192.5 was was right at that razor's edge. She only also only had to go up two and a half kilo, and it was going to be right at the edge for her as well. And you knew it was going to be at the top end. All of them ended up missing, and the way Team USA had properly positioned themselves, they were like, look it, we maxed out on seconds. If everybody misses on the thirds, that is just fine with us because we win on body weight. And when you know that ahead of time and you've done your math and you're like, look, we're in the position where, um, and you guys have talked about this, you can get yourself in the winning position early in the seconds and then force everyone else to not miss. But if they do miss and you already have the lead due to body weight even, you're just fine on that. You know, you you have done your job by positioning yourself. Go ahead, Rory. You want to say something? Yeah, I'll actually point out that that was the case after the openers as well. So coming out of the openers, Megan was first on body weight, Kara was second on body weight, and Iris was second. I uh, was third on body weight. And so Team USA set themselves up really well. That from there on, all they had to do was keep up, right? And if everybody else started showing a lot of hubris, taking jumps that were wildly out of proportion then they would just win and they would they could just sit exactly where they were and they would and they would win and then you do that again on the second and you force everybody else to make their attempt um you're still winning at that point and now everybody must make their thirds to overtake you and in this case we even got to see what iris pulled first before megan had to decide what she was going to deadlift right and so that was nice uh, of course didn't get to see what uh, kira was going to pull because kira had the bigger deadlift in this case uh, but but it meant that Team USA could just sit, sit back and make these decisions at their leisure because they set themselves up well from the opening deadlift. This is this is where, um, like, you're right. But what made me not comfortable until the 200, previously Megan had only ever got 195. And to go up to 200, a five-kilo jump when she had missed her third squat, missed her second bench, missed her third bench, and then, like, oh, by the way, we're also going for a five-kilo PR on dead on our second attempt. This is where, like, I was like, fuck, like, I mean, that's a gutsy, you're right, you're temporarily after opener the lead, but my God, was it a gutsy move, obviously paid off, but holy smokes, what an important PR lift was at 200 kilo. Um, anyways, Arian, what were you thinking, sir? I was, was going to say similar stuff that Rory said because he was asking about the subtotals is for people looking into it is uh, Iris was up seven and a half kilos on Meg and Meg was 10 kilos up on uh, Kiara. And and so that's why when you look at the openers, Meg's opener is seven and a half kilos above Iris's and then uh, Kiara's is 10 kilos above on Meg's. So the way the U.S. team was thinking is like, hey, let's have the same total as everyone else after opening deadlift, but we have the lightest body weight, so we first. And then uh, the Italian team must have been thinking, hey, we don't want to push it too hard to be first after opening deadlifts, but we also don't want to be third. So they took the middle ground and said, okay, let's stay in second. We have the final deadlift, so we'll secure second first and then do the pull for first. Because if you open up with 202 for Bernardi and then jump to 212.5 and miss, like she ended up missing on her third, then you're stuck at you know 495 or sorry or 497.5 and so then you end up falling into third so it was an interesting strategy there of us saying hey let's stay in first on first seconds and thirds uh italian team saying hey let's stay in second and then we'll just pull for the end for the win if we need to uh and then that's why when you see iris go up 10 kilos the us says hey we have to go up 10 kilos as well and italians are like hey we have to go up 10 kilos as well and then on thirds iris goes up two and a half 
uh, US tries to push a little bit more going up five. And I was talking to Meg afterwards and she was kind of getting flashbacks of 2019 in Sweden because in 2019 in Sweden, she breaks the world record total and um, Maria T breaks the world record total above hers to beat her with that crazy pull for the win. And Meg had missed her third deadlift, which left that door open for Maria to go up and pull for the win. So she was like, she was probably thinking the same thing the whole way through. It was like, you miss your third squat, you miss your second and third bench, you miss your third deadlift. Now you have this big puller coming and is it going to happen again? But like you said, it's a comeback story. She came back and she got the world title this time. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It's a hell of a story. It ended up being a hell of a battle when you have the the entire podium with the exact same total. Um, that's how. That's that's close. You know, that's that's a close battle. Uh, Leah didn't show, but Megan had a work cut out for her and had a lot of work to do. Gutted it out. The American team did a good job getting that plane landed and landing on the gold medal podium uh, nonetheless moving into the 69 kilo class the returning champion for the 69s did show up but she wasn't the number one nomination mark jenner from norway was the number one nomination chandler babb despite being the returning world champion was actually nominated number two in an underdog in a lot of people's minds i thought Mark Jenner was probably going to be a favorite moving in due to her top end. I think she was 542.5, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Just a phenomenal lifter. Now, Chandler Babb is a phenomenal lifter herself. All of these ladies, from Babb to Mark to Horna, Clara, those top four, all go three for three. Um, Pulling up the scoreboard here. Now, we had a couple of rematches here. So, Clara Perrault from France... Um, a junior star moving into the open, Chelsea Savitt representing the U.S. You got Agnes Rudin from Sweden, the junior world champion, and of course Kristen Dunsmore. But unfortunately, she ended up getting uh, like her reoccurring injury popped up again at the world championships. But Bab Jenner, Ivana Horna, returning world champion, former 72 kilo world champion, and Clara all going three for three and. It's Mark Jenner with a 197.5 taking gold, Chandler Babb taking silver, and Horna taking the bronze medal in the squad event, and Perot coming in fifth with um, fourth going to Virginia for cheesy. Fellas, what were you guys thinking after the squad event? Um, Rory, what were your thoughts here? Uh, so I had Mate Kiena to win this one, and... Spoiler, spoiler, she didn't, um, but coming out of squats, she was ahead. She squatted 197.5, which I think was a little bit off what I was expecting, um, but but certainly is not a bad showing. She went three for three. Uh, of course, uh, Chandler Babb was not a distant favorite for, for second, I think. Like, uh, you know, nobody would have been surprised by her winning either. Um, and so she came in at 192.5, which is like, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a loss, um, but... But, you know, she, that's okay. And in the scheme of things, losing being five kilos behind at this point is, is not a huge deal. Um, there's plenty of time to make that up later in the day. Um, and, of course, Ivana Horner, um, she wasn't the favorite to win, but I think she was a lot of people's, like, favorites in their heart to watch. Um, and so, like, she was she was behind a little bit at this point, but I really enjoyed watching her. I, I really love the energy that she brings to the, the platform and stuff. And so I, I did really enjoy watching that. And um, Clara Perot, like, 
blew me away as well. I think at the end of the day, she ended up getting a bunch of world junior records and stuff as well, while and finishing fourth in the opens despite being like 20 years old. Um, and of course, her brother did exactly the same thing. We'll talk about that, I think, when we get to the, to the men's se- session. Um, so yeah, I, I was really enjoying watching this session. Uh, like it was, it was really tight, particularly between those top two, and that's very exciting to watch as well. Arian, what were your thoughts, kind sir? Yep. Yeah, I mean, in the in the lead up to this battle, it was interesting because like at first it seemed like Chandler's numbers were kind of like stagnant or going down because she was busy with life and she trains on like really crappy equipment and she says like her training just wasn't going well. And then we're watching Marta's training and her training is going well. She's hitting these big PRs in the gym. So at first I'm like, okay, Marta's looking like a, a pretty decent favorite. Then in those last few weeks going into Worlds, it seems like Chandler's training started improving. So her numbers started going back up uh, what she was hitting in, in the gym that was going to project out to the meet. And so it's like, okay, it's going to be a battle. Chandler's numbers are improving. Let's see what she shows up to Worlds with. Looking at the openers and um, looking at just even the squad openers, I thought it was going to be close because, you know, Chandler has that big deadlift. So as long as she can stay just enough close on squad bench and not far too uh, not fall too far behind, then she has the big deadlift. So it's okay. This is definitely going to be a battle. It's um, Chandler's numbers are looking good. She Her training is going well. And it, as we see, it ended up being good where she did total more this year than she did last year at Worlds and able to defend her title. It's um so there's a bit of a background story. So Mark Jenner, the day started okay and she felt good. She ended up getting sick at some point in South Africa. During the competition, she started ending up feeling off and started running out of gas. And um later on, ended up full on into the hospital. And uh, I forget exactly what she had, but some kind of infection nonetheless. But starting off good. This this was this is you know, the, her top end in terms of squat, exactly where she'd want to be. And everything looks normal. Um, and, and Chandler Babb also, to your point, Arian, yeah, training for a little while there. She had some major life changes um, in terms of where she was living and adjustments. But the squat ended up showing up for Avena Horna as well. And uh, Clara Perot having a good day in the squat event. Moving into the bench press event. Um, this is where Jenner doesn't hit, fails to hit a personal best, but does get, I believe it's a European record of 120. Um, Chandler Babb hits uh, 100 and, uh, 107.5 kilo bench press. Bench press never being her best event. The bench press gold goes to America's own Chelsea Savitt. Um, Clara Perot goes three for three. So now she's six for six. Um, Ivana Horna also going six for six. Both her and Clara both ending up with 110 kilo bench press. The second biggest bench press of the day uh, being Jenner. And then the third biggest being Agnes Rudin, the junior world champion with 115 kilo opening bench, but unfortunately missed 117.5 twice after that. So the battle's starting to unfold a little bit here. It's getting relatively close. It's going to come down to the deadlifts. The deadlifts between... Bab and Jenner, historically speaking, are, it's not a massive spread. But you know Bab is probably going to have an edge there. Now, how much of an edge you don't know until the deadlift event starts. And this is where things start to get a little spicy. At this point, or it, for in all your minds, is this still anybody's battle? Is this still anybody's gold medal, silver, bronze? Or are you guys starting to think, I think I got a lock on this? I think it was definitely... Um a one-two battle is going to be there um, because if you look at from openers to third attempts, because everyone takes different kind of jumps. So if you look at Chandler and Marta from opening squat to third attempt, 
they both gained 17 and a half kilos on bench from opener to third attempt they both gained five kilos so marta hadn't gained more ground on squam bench which are her lifts compared to chandler and so going at the deadlift like i said chandler has the big deadlift uh, she must have been feeling in a good position because marta hadn't gained any ground on her and based on their projected opener and her body and everything like that she was going to be again first place um after the opener delves and then she can just stay in first place from there so it was definitely uh, a o- open game between those two going into delve and everyone else was kind of a, a one gap below that as you can see you know uh ivana being like about 20 kilos behind what were your thoughts there rory yeah, I think it was, like Ariane was saying, I think it was very much that battle to the top two was really open, at least until the first deadlifts were done. Um, even to the third ex- thirds to an extent, like uh, USVI, the USVI team set Chandler up really well and that she would she was winning after the second attempts, assuming that everybody misses their third, which is what ended up happening. Uh, but also with the third attempt that they put in, if both of them got their third attempts, then she still would have won. And so it really pushed the Norwegian team to shoot for what they thought they had on in that moment to try and then push Chandler to what they thought Chandler didn't have in that moment. And it turns out that they didn't get that right in this case. But like Arian was saying before, it's I think they probably made the best choices that they could have made and those choices didn't work out this time. But given the same information again and the same position again, that was possibly still the right thing to do. Uh, well, let's maybe talk they would have gone. Go ahead. Let's, let's talk about this then. Because um, I want to actually talk about these choices. It's 2020 hindsight. So none of us are saying, you know, this is definitively the wrong choice. Who knows? You got 60 seconds, the best laid plans type deal. But as it stands, Chandler Babb wins by two and a half kilos. Right, so Mart Jenna hit 215, and Chandler Babb hit 235 for their second attempts. Chandler Babb's previous personal best, she had 235 for her second attempt, and her previous personal best was 237 and a half. So conceivably, on the surface, she's around two and a half kilo away from her top end. Maybe she's gone more. She's got more in the tank on the day, so maybe she's five kilo more, something like that. Jenner and the Norwegians ended up jumping from their second attempt 10 kilo. She loses by two and a half kilo, but they jump 10 kilo. Now again, 2020, they have to go first. 2020 hindsight. You're trying to judge how much more does Bab have in the tank. And Bab, historically speaking, had two and a half kilo more in the tank. They're jumping 10 kilo. So, and this is, again, I'm just saying, this is where you're asking yourself like, all right, we need as big as possible without overshooting. Do we go 10 kilo more when we think Bab historically has only gone up? To, this is, you know, you know when you go into a competition and um, you can ask, just judge by asking your lifter, how much more do you think you have in the tank? And they go, I think I have 10 kilo more. But when you scouted the opposition, you're telling yourself, the opposition only has two and a half to five, seven and a half kilo more to best possible there's no way so we don't load more than we need because we're going first this okay. is where that kind let's, of call you need let's, so let's th- talk it through let's, 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 let's it talk through the options because like we've said before there's a very limited number of options with powerlifting right? Um, right people say it's like chess it's not like chess it's way more like checkers and that there are a small number of options and probably 
one, maybe two, and very rare occasions, three will make sense. And you need to pick which of those three options or you know, up to three options is, is the best choice for right now. So Mata Kiena is behind two and a half kilos after second attempts and she is heavier, right? So she could go up two and a half kilos to a 217 deadlift. Doesn't matter if she gets it, she still loses. So like, why even bother? Um, except if she thinks she's gonna hurt herself, which is, which is also possible, in which case you might not even take a third at all. She could go up five kilos, right? She could take 220. In which case, Chandler Babb now then has to make her third attempt, but she only has to go up two and a half kilos to get it. And from memory, her 235 looked pretty damn good. And we know that she's done 237 before. It, her, her 235 was work. Her two th- We're getting right, close. We're right. getting close. We're getting close. We're getting close. Right, but getting close with someone who is a deadlift specialist or, or like yeah. quite a good deadlifter, like does getting close mean she has two and a half kilos more? Probably not, right? It probably means that she has a bunch a bunch more and exactly how much that is we don't know right now right so we're looking at that and we're going okay 235 was good it certainly wasn't it certainly wasn't rpe 10 uh, but it was but it was decent right um are you are you are you you working on your car in the background (laughs) are you in a spaceship (laughs) are you in a spaceship i'll continue i'll continue what, what rory was trying to say is that um, you'd either go 220, which forces Chandler to pull 237.5, which is her PR, right. or you go 222.5, which forces Chandler to pull 240, which is a two and a half kilo total PR, a Dell PR for, right. or you pull 225, which is Marta's PR to force Chandler to go 242.5, which is what happened. And in both cases for both lifters, um, they both hit their third attempt squats. So you're assuming, like, you know, they have the, the, the energy for a third attempt deadlift and they both hit PRs on their third attempt squat. So you're assuming that, you know, they've made some progress and could have a PR on the third attempt deadlift as well. Um, so they end up going with the 225. Like we said, it's easier to look back now and say, oh, we should have gone 220, but maybe they would have gone 220 well, and, and then Chandler would have. Yeah, yeah. Well, 217, yeah, you can't do because of the body weight. So you yeah, would have yeah, gone so 220. Yeah, 222 and a half. I mean. And then Chandler would have pulled 237.5 and one, and you would have been like, oh, crap, we should have gotten more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we also don't know in that scenario what Marta was telling the team coaches as far as how she was feeling because they put on what her PR Delif was. So maybe based on the 215, and her PR Delph, they assumed if she says she has 225 or maybe they were just putting an attempt in, she has 225 and she wasn't telling them like, hey, I'm starting to feel sick. I'm starting to feel like I don't have energy and may not be capable of my PR Delph anymore. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, at all this is true. I thought it was going to be a 222.5 and it would have made Chandler Babb still pull for a PR territory and it would have been underneath um, Jenner's PR. So... The reason why I was going to, and it's 2020 hindsight, but I was thinking, this is underneath your PR, high probability you'll hit it. Over her PR, more of a probability she'll miss it. I'll take that bet. As opposed to matching your PR, now the probability you're hitting, it's getting dicey. But yes, it's even further into her PR. I do get, like, I understand. And um, this is all just the risk reward tolerance that people have in the conversation of the moment. We're talking two and a half kilos here and there. So it's fucking 2020. End of the day, it, it ended up being the way it ended up, and it's very tough calls. You got 60 seconds to make these calls as well. 
The other thing is we don't know what uh, Marta Kiena's training looked like. Um, like we know bits of it because she puts bits of it on Instagram, but she certainly doesn't put all of it. And so it's possible that going into this, she was she thought at the beginning of the day that she had 230 or 235 or even 240 and that this sure. was like the B plan or the C plan. Maybe, maybe 225 is the very bottom of what she thought her range was for the day. And so they thought at, in that moment that that was a re- like a reasonably safe attempt. Um, you know, yeah. and so there's, there's a whole bunch of information that they were putting into their into their calculus that we just don't have. One hundred percent. I mean, that's yeah. You're right. And that's why it's tough, man. That's why sports, you got to play it out. It ended up being a dramatic win for Chandler Babb. Um, and now she's a two-time world champion, you know, battled the likes of Anna, Wall, or, uh, Anna Rosa Castellane, Kimberly Walford, and now coming in as the number two seed. She's almost like, despite the fact that she was a world champion, a possible underdog here, um, because she came in with the, the smaller nominated total, She's forever that scrappy, rocky underdog, you know, who's coming in and uh, we'll see what happens, you know, next year. But always in a good scrap. Ivana Horna taking the bronze medal. Clara Pero, who's a junior still and got tons of a bright side in terms of her future. Uh, finishing off podium in fourth place, but obviously somebody that you're going to want to look out for in the World Junior Championships. But Agnes Rudin will be coming back at the Junior World Championships to defend her title, where her and Peiro will face off yet again. They face off at Worlds. They faced off at Europeans. They faced off at Open Worlds. These guys, they're going toe-to-toe, these two, uh, breaking world records and, and amongst the elite and still juniors nonetheless. Um, Chelsea Savitt, America's own, Coming in in the yoink, is that fifth place? I got to look at that here. Uh, but taking the gold medal, yep. and um, we'll see what happens with Kristen Dunsmore. She ended up feeling better in terms of the deadlifts. It wasn't impacting her as bad, but hopefully she can come back and make another run of it. Talking to her, she had said she's going to take some time off and for a really real address it. It has been years, and she wants this thing to get behind her so she can actually go full tilt before her career is over and go all the way through. And not just win U.S. Nationals, which she's done twice now, but when she shows up at the at World Championships, have a for real showing and, uh, and do her best. Yeah, just to, to add on there real quick, as far as the other lifters you had mentioned, is uh, Chelsea tried to pull for fourth place and she missed. And then Clara tried to pull for the bronze medal and missed. And that's what gave Ivana the bronze medal. And Ivana had told me that she had done weightlifting European championships like one or two weeks before Worlds. And before that, she had also gotten COVID and, and it had affected her training. And she said like her hips would be achy and stuff like that. So her training wasn't going well. She was doing weightlifting at the same time, getting ready for World Games as well. And so she was really happy that she was able to come in, go nine for nine and hold on to that that bronze. Uh, and I saw the same thing you, you saw as far as Kristen's post. The good thing is our nationals is until February. So if she wants to make that her next meet, she has, you know, seven or eight months to try and rehab and get back to 100% and prepare for nationals. If it's not ready by then, then she can always just, you know, pass on Worlds one year and continue to get healthy. Um, I'm going to one-up you here. I didn't read it on her post. I got it from her directly. Okay. Face-to-face. Okay. Okay. All right. These, this okay. is the relationship I have with lifters. Okay. <laughs> I can reach out and talk to you. I like how you go. Okay, buddy. Settle down. Cool guy. Um, let's talk about the 76s, guys. Holy freaking smokes did this deliver. Um, the hype behind the battle of the champion versus champion. Jessica Bittner, Canada's own, defending world champion in the classic. 
and Agata Sitko, Shitko from Poland, the reigning world champion in equipment, clashing in the 76s with a supporting cast like the GOAT, Kimberly Walford, and Dana McNeil from the U.S., as well as former world champion in the juniors, Vilma Olsen. Um, you got Sophia Ellis from Britain, Joyce Rebaton from the Philippines. It's a world-class stacked division. And at the very top, two reigning world champions about to go at it. When was the last time you see something like two reigning world champions going toe-to-toe? And the way it unfolded, the world records fell at every single event right up until it was literally... Well, I will get ahead. Don't worry. No spoilers. But the impossible almost had to be asked of the winner. And a miracle happened. And and it came right down to the very last. It couldn't be more dramatic. Um, So the squad event opens up. Jessica Bittner ends up going three for three in the squats. Coming into the event, people were, anybody who was looking at her previous total at the World Championships um, was thinking this, she's a 565 kilo total. And, you know, other people like Agatha um, Carlina from New Zealand had, po- Rory, had posted up big totals in the 76s. And people would say, look, you know, Jess isn't even a favorite anymore. But I was telling anybody who would listen, if you're looking at her total from last year's Worlds, that's not her top end. Believe me, that's not her top end. And as soon as the squad event happened, opening up at 205 kilo, 451 pounds, jumping to 213.5 and eventually settling at 218.5 squat. That's a 480 pound squat but for a world record Jessica Bittner. Now you knew. The battle is on. She needed to build off the squat event because she's got obviously a monster squat and she collects a chip, goes three for three. If we were going to gauge, is this the Jessica Bittner from 2021 Worlds where I don't know what happened, if it was weight cut or flight or time zone or what would have happened, but she stumbled on her third squat and literally gave it away. Stumbled in the death. She stumbled here and there and her total wasn't what it was, what it could have been. She could not afford to stumble on that day. You miss a lift, you fall behind. Not with a fellow world champion like Agatha. Agatha, by the way, also going three for three, finishing with a 202.5. Um, in terms of the rest of the field, Kimberly Walford moving forward with just her opener and conceivably swinging the door open for everybody else to bump her off the podium. Damon Dana McNeil going three for three. Vilma Olsen with a junior world record, 210 kilo, had a really good squat event. Fellas, after the squats went down, and you and you seen at the top end, Agatha and Jess both going three for three and both looking extremely strong. What were your guys' thoughts? Rory, do you want to go first? Kind sir. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I was really impressed with Vilma's squat. I actually didn't realize that she was still a junior until I was looking at the scoreboard after the fact. So that was uh, amazing from her. And hopefully she's going to come back for Junior Worlds in another couple of months and sort of do it again, maybe push it a little bit higher. Um, 
I thought Kimberley's the fact that Kimberley went one for three here is uh, disappointing, but not unforeseen. I think that that she has done that before, or she quite often goes two for three on squats. It's really not her lift, and she loses. Like she starts sort of behind on that. It's like doing a triathlon and being the last person out of the water, and then you have to spend the rest of the day just like passing people on bench press and deadlifts. Um, Agatha's squat was actually a little better than I was expecting. Uh, I, I think I was expecting sort of high 100s for her, like, you know, 195, maybe 197. Um, and, and seeing her in the low 200s uh, sort of uh, pushed her stocks up a little bit with me, I guess. Uh, now, Jessica has been going around telling everybody that I told her that she has a bad squat, um, which, to be fair, I, I, I did. Um, but what so, so what? So what I was actually thinking coming out of the squats was I probably need to stop thinking about Jessica as having not a great squat. But for context, the greatest of all time squat. But go on. No, no, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down, six pack. Uh, she has. Whoa, no, 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 slow down, slow down. Let me let me tell my story. Um, she has an astronomical deadlift. She has the best deadlift. Full stop. Like no, no qualifiers. It's the best deadlift, and her squat is merely the best squat of a seventy-six kilo lifter, um, which is like very, very good, right? But but it's not as astronomical as her deadlift, right? And so that's what I actually said. Um, but she's been going around telling everybody that I, I told her that she has an appalling squat. But what? What I was actually thinking here is picking up that chip here was a really good call, and particularly picking up the one kilogram forces would have forced Agatha and we'll get into this after the bench press um, because I was actually a little bit disappointed in this it actually forces Agatha to do some interesting things with her bench press attempt selection that will then have flow on effects to the deadlift attempt selection and so I thought that was a great call from the the coaching staff I thought it was a great squat from Jessica and and like you said I'm glad that she you know stuck it and didn't do that stumble thing that she has done historically Uh, like maybe maybe even twice she's done that and overall it was really good showing from from all of the the women at the top end of the 76 kilo class. Harry what were you thinking love? Um, You know when I saw the openers I believe Agada's was like way higher. She ended up dropping the deadlift opener and I believe she ended up dropping the bench opener, but I don't remember out the bench. Uh, but so I was thinking like, oh man, these are some big numbers compared to what she had previously hit in training. Like Rory said, I, I didn't know if she was going to go over 200 kilos on the squat and big numbers to what like she had been post like previous meets and recent training. Uh, but then seeing both of them go three for three, I was like, okay, these these numbers are legit. Her, she is capable of hitting these numbers. She hits the two hundred two point five on the third, and for for Jess, um, it's it's great that she now she has a world record squat and deadlift. So she's not just like a deadlifter. Like similar thing years ago, people thought Ray was just a squatter. Next thing you know, he's coming and pulling you know three ninety eight or whatever it was for the world record deadlift as well. So at this level, you have to be good at better or. Uh, really good or the best at more than one lift so it was great that Jess came out there and got that world record squat to put that pressure on Agata and start gaining some ground from squat bench and into Delft obviously um, so we knew it was going to be a one-two punch between them two and then a little bit of a gap and that's what ended up looking uh, after projected openers and after the uh, third attempt squats let's talk about the the bench press event um, so Jessica also goes three for three in the bench press event. Ends up with a 105 kilo bench press. Number one in squat takes the gold medal with Vilma Olsen taking the, the silver medal. And Lucy from uh, ISL. Is that, uh, where is that? Iceland. Iceland with the bronze. Um, and obviously Jessica taking the world record. But in the bench press event, 
And bench press, this is where, Rory, you could throw shade if you, and, I, and, and even I wouldn't say shit. Jessica's got a workable bench, okay? But she's coming in ranked eighth on her bench press. So it's not like she's going to cover a shitload of ground, but she doesn't want to lose a shitload of ground. She doesn't want to exert so much, start missing lifts, ramping up the CNS. She goes three for three, grabs a kilo she needs, finishes off with a 105. Kimberly Walford goes two for three, ends off with 112.5, which is a decent enough bench press for her. That's good enough for fourth place. Um, in terms of some of the other contenders here, uh, Sophia Ellis, who's got, you know, usually when you got a big deadlift, you don't have a big bench press. It's very rare your push puller. Sophia Ellis from Great Britain takes the bronze medal with a big 117.5. She's actually also on the British bench press national team. So she goes against the old, you got a big bench, but a small deadlift. She's like the opposite of Jessica Bittner in that regard. Um, takes the bronze medal. But, and Dana McNeil ends up going, she went three for three in the squat and she goes three for three in the bench press. And she, you know she's eyeing that bronze medal from Kimberly Walford, whom stumbled a little bit in squat, missed her last bench press. So she's thinking, all right, I'm positioning myself. If Kimberly continues to stumble, I'm going to end up on that podium. But Agatha Shitko opens with a world record 137.5, moves up to 145, and hits that for a world record, and then moves to 150 kilo for her third and final bench press and misses it. But exits the bench press event, although with a world record, no chips. Now, Rory, would you like to talk about what you had set us up for in the previous event. Yeah, really quickly, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the other people and then I'll, I'll come back to, to Sitko. Um, but so if you were just looking at the scoreboard, you would say Vilma Olsen is in a really good position to end up on the podium. And like she absolutely did her best, you know, second overall on squats, second overall on bench press. Unfortunately, her deadlift is just not really up to speed with her other lifts. And so she ended up uh, down a little bit from there. Um, yeah, Jessica came in eighth uh, on, on her bench press, but like she got every kilo that she could have got. I, I doubt one of 7.5 would have been there. Um, and really, if you have to pick a lift to be bad at, as much as it pains me to say it, as a bench presser, a uh, bench press is the best lift to be bad at. So, you know, yeah. like, uh, it is what it is in that respect. Now, don't get me wrong, Agatha Sitko's bench press is incredible, right? 145, she's 20 years old, uh, maybe 19 years old. I don't know when her birthday is, but she was born in 2002. Uh, 145, amazing bench press, and she has a huge amount of potential here. World record opener, world record second, attempted a world record on her third. Where I was disappointed was the attempt selection. Um, she could have taken a chip. Uh, and in this case, it would have ended up not mattering very much uh, because Jessica ended up having the deadlift, being in deadlift world record range anyway. So she was able to sort of just pick whatever number she needed. And so getting an extra half a kilo here or kilo here would have meant that Jessica only had to deadlift an extra half a kilo or kilo. Whereas in another situation, it might mean an extra half a kilo here would have to force somebody else to deadlift two and a half kilos more, which is a good trade. Um, with that in mind, because Jessica had already picked up one kilogram from the squats, right? She squatted 218.5, not 218.0. Um, so that would have forced, uh, uh, sorry, if Agatha wanted to be ahead based on the number of chips available, then she would have had to go 146.5. And typically that would have then forced Jessica to push higher. In this case, it didn't matter, but we only know that it didn't matter 
because we have the benefit of, of, of uh looking back at it whereas at the time you're looking at the 240 opener and you're going okay is like 240 is a respectable opener but does that mean that her second is into world record territory probably but only if she nails the opener and does a good job of it right it's also it also means that she could you know people miss openers people miss attempts all the time it, ha- it happens regularly um, and, and that could have meant that Agatha could have either deadlifted a little bit less and still ended up with the same total or pushed Jessica even harder. And so it was disappointing that that never ended up happening. And I had said that on on the broadcast where I said, okay, opening with a world record, but not taking a chip and it's available. All right, well, maybe they'll do it on the second because there's three attempts and who knows? You weren't even, it crossed your mind. It's an opener. Second attempts roll around, another world record, another opportunity to collect chips and balking at the opportunity to grab chips. And I, it's very rare where you wouldn't take a chip if it's available. Third opportunity in a third bench press of attempt, third world record, and again, now we're just going no chips. On the broadcast, I'm like, you just wouldn't do this. You don't know how this battle is going to unfold. You just, you 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 collect chips when when it's possible. Um, Arian, what are your thoughts here, sir, after the bench press event? Yeah, I mean, on the on the whole chip thing, obviously, yeah, we're looking back at it now, but like, you know, everyone knows Jess is capable of a world record delve, so maybe they weren't too concerned about picking up a chip because Jess can just chip on deadlift the half kilo, so she doesn't have to do a two and a half kilo jump. But the the other issue or the issue, the one issue that I had was, I believe what she posted in training leading up is that like one of her last heavy sessions, Agata did 140 and looked easy, and then she missed 148. So first of all, she's missing an attempt in the gym. And second, she missed 148 traveling across, you know, the world, making weight and then attempting 150. And obviously, again, now we're looking back at it like, oh, what if she had gotten to 147.5? Could she have gotten it? Would Jess have missed another two and a half kilos on her deadlift? But like, like what I tell my lifters is like, if there's not momentum there in training, we're not going to just try and force them to meet. Like I had a lifter in her last meet, she missed her third deadlift on balance. And then in training her last heavy day or her second last heavy deadlift day, she missed her, her deadlift. So going in the, in the masters national, I told her, listen, the momentum is not there on deadlift. It may not be what we want and we may have to pull out the numbers. So I, I thought they would have done a similar thing here. If you missed 148 in your home gym, Maybe you should take a 147.5 or 148 rather than a 150, um, especially when it's this type of a battle. And so obviously looking back, it looks like that made the difference, but we don't know. Um, but that's the one thing I took away from bench press. It is what it is looking back. Um, who knows what they're thinking on our end, but easy 2020 hindsight. Moving into the deadlifts, and you're 100% right, by the way, Vilma Olsen up to this point was a silver medal in the squat event, taking a junior world record, a silver medal in the bench press event, um, and then going into the deadlifts, she had previously hit a 205-kilo deadlift. And if she was able to hit, she ended up walking away with just her opener at 190. If she was actually able to hit that 205, I mean, that's a, a clear 15-kilo jump and we're talking a possible podium type finish. If she was in that, I'm not crunching all the numbers here, but you know, easy. Other people would have done different attempts as well, but I'm not sure what happened to her deadlift. I seen her briefly afterwards. I was taking pictures with people and she wasn't very happy with it. Um, she collected medals in an open, she broke world records, collected medals. So everything was good, but it ended on a sour taste anyways. Uh, but so I'm not sure what happened in the deadlift event, but 
in terms of what happened with the top end here, this is when some fireworks started happening. A, Kimberly Walford goes three for three, and Dana McNeil, in terms of the battle for bronze, ends up going two for three, and that essentially closed the door on Dana McNeil's hopes of getting onto the podium. Kimberly Walford's always had a reliable deadlift. The squats were shaky. Bench was decent, but she went two for three, but the deadlift's going three for three, and she was on. Dana McNeil loads up 252.5, actually ends up pulling after... Kimberly, and I believe I've seen her hit 250 before. This was in that mock meet, um, a military meet, I believe. But she's hit 250, so 252.5 actually wasn't a crazy ask. That was actually conceivable. That was actually in the realm of reason. It's all, it would be a, a two and a half kilo personal best. Ends up missing it, but came also close to bumping the goat off the podium. But the goat remains on the podium. Um, but now let's talk about the... Uh, or and actually let me let me back it up a stitch here. Um Sophia Ellis hit 225, missed 237.5. Sophia at one point had the biggest deadlift in uh IPF history for Great Britain. But um and I think she might have been attempting to chase a little bit of history here. Had she hit 237.5 on her second, would have seen what she did for a third, but not for that day. But this is where Jessica Bittner needs to start pulling ahead. It'd be really good for her if Agatha started missing lifts, but Agatha hits 225, jumps up 10 kilo, hits 235, and has a junior world record, and then ends up loading up 237 and a half, hitting it, and finishing her day with a 585 kilo total at the world championships. This is a world record total, period. And still remains, because she hit it first. Now, Jess is, is the lighter lifter and is not going to lift more than she needs to win. So she's obviously going to load up as much as she needs to tie that total. So you have that situation where leaving the world championships, one person's a world champion, the other person is the reigning world record holder. <laughs> but it is what it is. So Agatha already finishes her day as a 20-year-old kid. Just a few months ago, she was a teenager dreaming of battling out with Jessica Bittner. And leaves the IPF World Championships 585 kilos in an open bench press world record. A world record total. Phenomenal fucking day. Now Jessica Bittner takes 240, takes 249, collects the chip, and is now pressed. If she wants to pull this out to do the biggest deadlift in IPF history in the classic division. Regardless of weight class. And this is when things get special. We knew this was going to be a special day. When they called this overhead, 261.5 kilo. Gentlemen, how many is that in freedom units? One of you can get that while I, while I do this. The crowd yeah. gets on their feet and the biggest deadlift in IPF history is about to go down. And she is two weight classes below the biggest dead, the biggest weight class. How much is it? 576.5 pounds. 576.5 pounds. A fucking insane deadlift. And this is all of the marbles. World champion versus world champion. The biggest deadlift in IPF history. And it's about to happen. I remember seeing Jessica Bittner in the wings. It is standing. Everybody is on their feet. 
And this is when I knew she was going to get pressed. I knew something special was going to have to happen if she was going to win this. But to see Jessica in the wings with the earphones on, the Canadian coaches behind her yelling at her, and she is as keyed up and in the zone as you've ever seen anybody. I am standing and pacing in the media booth. Everybody knows this is history. Never before have we seen a deadlift this big in the women's division. And Jessica Bittner's about to fucking attempt it to pull it out in one of the best battles we've ever seen. And when they call bars loaded and she pops out her fucking headphones and they give her a smack and she comes out full steam a fucking head, eyeing that weight. I st- chills, my friends. The whole crowd yelling at her. And I am pacing with her as she's pacing the bar. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I feel the anxiety in myself. And you could feel the energy in the room. It's like when you're at a concert and you could feel that fucking music and feel everybody around you. You could feel the tension. And when Jessica Bitter hit this deadlift, my, she could scrap. She's not pent up, but she could scrap for a rep. And for the first time in a long time, you've seen Jessica Bittner's knees knocking and shaking, her eyebrows twitching, the jawline just clenched. And it looked, it was a tense moment as that bar came over her knees like, holy fuck, is she going to hit this? And if it seemed long for me, I can only imagine what it seemed like for Jessica. And she pulls her hips through, pulls her shoulders back, big chest all the way through. There's no question it was locked out. And it became the, oh my God, in the most hype showdown, the biggest deadlift clinched it in a massive come from behind victory. And Jessica Bittner does the impossible and wins the 76 kilo open class, defeating a reigning world champion. When they gave her the down command and it sunk in because she knew only only the winning load was going to be on that bar. She didn't have to be told. She knew that she had just won the world championships. You saw Jessica Bittner uncharacteristically jump like six feet in the air, come down, Hulk smashed the ground. I think a couple cars in the parking lot flipped over and fucking let out a war cry and everybody was cheering. And it was Agatha herself was in the crowd and couldn't help but cheer Jessica on. Pull, pull, pull. And it got caught on video and everybody's like, holy shit. Agatha rolled around because it was... Everyone in the warm-up room ran to the sides because we all knew this is the biggest deadlift ever. The biggest deadlift ever in the 76-kilo class. Not in 84s, not in 84-pluses. Everyone rolling around to the sides for the dramatic conclusion of the most hyped showdown of the IPF World Championships. And Jessica Bittner, the poster girl, pulls it off, no pun intended, and is the reigning world champion. It was easily. I'm looking. Oh, I'll pull up the polls afterwards. By far and away, I put up, A, what was the biggest moment in the women's division? Everyone said Jessica Bittner's deadlift. B, what weight class stole the show? Everyone said the 76s. And C, what's the rematch you want to see from the women's side? In a landslide, Jessica Bittner versus Agatha Shitsko. One more time. Baby hit me one more time. And, and um, <laughs> fellas... What were you thinking when you saw this? Were you were you as hyped as I was? Because I don't know. I almost got emotional. I never get emotional on the broadcast. On the podcast, yeah, but that's different. People literally get into some, some really tough stories, man. But 
on the fucking broadcast, I was like, holy shit, I'm, I'm getting a little bit emotional here. I was heavily emotionally invested. Uh, who wants to go first? Rory. So I was ahead, working with one of the 93s during that that primetime session that was being televised on Eurosport. Um, and so I, we were warming up on the same platform as Jessica and the Canadian team. And so like she was sitting two or three meters away from us while we were doing, you know, hitting our last couple of deadlift warm-ups and stuff. And after the second attempt, one of the Canadian coaches walks over to her and whispers a question to her. And I didn't hear what the question was, but her answer was, what kind of, what kind of question is that? Of course. And he stalks off again. And I was like, oh, oh, I know what that question was. Um, <laughs> and, so, and so, and so uh, we were, I think, I think we just hit our last warm up. Um, and, and I hear the announcer, you know, uh, Jessica, but uh, I'm like, I'll be back in a minute. I got to do something real quick. And like walked over to the, uh, to the, like the, you know, the coaches like shoot that heads into the, uh, to, to watch this deadlift. And I, I don't know if I've ever seen a lift that good before. Like it was, it was hard, but it was really clean, right? Like there was no question that her knees were locked. There was no question that her hips were locked. Her shoulders were solidly back. Like she had that like uh, like shuddery movement, but but it definitely wasn't hitching. It wasn't moving down. It wasn't resting on her thighs. It was it was just what a deadlift looks like when you load it to basically a hundred percent and say, if you get this, you're a world champion. Uh, so yeah, it was one of the greatest things that I have ever had the, the privilege to see in real life, I think. Go ahead, Ari. It just, just to add on that, for people who don't know, this weight class was in conjunction with the 93s, which was also an epic battle. So like this session, whether you're watching the, the first flight with the 76s or the second fight in this 93s, back and forth between squat, bench press, and delve, was just action all around. So it was like a really good session to stick around and watch all the way through. I also had a 93, so I wasn't watching the 76 as closely until kind of like Rory says, like for those key events, like seeing Jess's third squat or seeing a guy to second bench. And then for like, obviously for Jess's final deadlift coming around and, and watching it. And, um, the reason also why maybe that question was asked of her and why it was an important question is Jess was behind on subtotal. I'm counting she was 24 kilos behind on subtotal. So then after opening opening deadlifts, she gains a little bit of ground, but she's still behind. After second deadlifts, she gains a little bit more ground, but she's still behind. So literally, she was behind the whole time until that very last pull. That final attempt is what got her to lead. And they had to jump from 249 to 261.5. So they had to jump 12 and a half kilos to tie on total and went on body weight. So it, it was a, a big jump going nine kilos and then 12 and a half. Um, but again, if you have if you have second place locked up because everyone else is 40 kilos behind, obviously put it on there and give a shot. So it was definitely crazy seeing that Agata's numbers were legit, how much she can put up. And then she put the pressure on making that third deadlift. And then, like you said, uh, Jess had to go for the biggest uh, raw female deadlift in IPF history. And it, it was, you know, like Roy said before and I said before, with these lifters, these deadlifters, you don't know how much more she had. Maybe she had 263 in her. Maybe she even had 265.5 in her. But that 261.5 like looked like a limit lift. Like you said, she was shaking a little bit, fighting through, locked it out. Um, but it was clean. And, and then also interesting situation, like you had said, where they both – Tie in total, Jess weighs lighter, so Jess wins the world title. But since Agata hit the total first, she has the world record total. And, um, yeah, just to add context here, 
249 was a world record. Oh, the biggest deadlift we'd ever seen is 76. 249, her second. She had to jump to 261 and a half. Like, we're not talking, okay, the world record, and you <laughs> ship it by a kilo, a kilo and a half, two kilos. We're talking, you just did the biggest deadlift we've seen, and you have to fucking go, like, just take it for a ride. Like, it's insane, man. It was... When you were watching it, when you're doing the math, you're like, holy fuck, Jess, you're losing, you're losing, you're losing, and you're, 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 you know, what you're going to have to do to win, we've never seen anyone do. People way bigger than you do. It's like a, a team that has like a big lead, and then you just see the comeback slowly coming. Or, or like maybe even, um, the uh the robber that Jess is chasing, like you know, she's taking these big steps, slowly catching up to him. So after squat and bench and up, she's slowly catching up, and then boom on that final one. And and I'm counting nine world records broken between the two of them. So Jess broke the world record squat twice, the world record delve twice. Agata broke the world record bench twice, which was which was a world standard. So no one had broken that world record before; it was just empty. And then Agata breaks the world junior record delve second and third attempt, and then also the open uh total at the very end so fucking hell man between two lifters nine world records broken and the single biggest lift we've ever like deadlift we've ever seen in the ipf in the in the classic you know when i put this people of the post people are like in the comments be like in class in equipped we seem bigger come on man does that need to be said is that asterisk that needs to be said of course um but yeah man it's a phenomenal that, that was it, it was a, a showdown that lived up jess's star has never been brighter than it is right now no question about that and um going into sheffield holy shit if they rematch um that's a showdown everybody wants. that's the when i asked what showdown do you guys want to see a rematch of on the polls by the powerlifting community it's not even close on the women's side not even Close. There it's it's Agatha versus Jess, and the number two is so far behind it's not even close. Uh so hopefully we see it, you know, possibly in Sheffield or whenever the heck we're, we're gonna see it eventually for sure. But um we'll, we'll probably talk about uh I was gonna say we'll probably talk about Sheffield more in future yeah. episodes leading up to it. Yeah. But it'll be interesting the added pressure of the first place for Sheffield gets twenty five thousand pounds, which comes out to I think like uh, maybe like thirty or forty thousand US dollars, and you also get five thousand pounds per world record lift that you break. So it's like now it's not only like oh Jess go squat two nineteen or two twenty point five for a world record and also your battling, but also there's like five thousand dollars on the line for this Ooh, one lift. Wee. So that's like add, add, added pressure on there. So that would make things interesting. Um, and also I just wanted to mention as far as the other lifters was um, we had mentioned Vilma Olsen Delif wasn't there, but her final deadlift would have bumped her up into fourth but she missed so then that's when dana tried to uh put that final delve to bump up the bronze because like like you had mentioned kimberly had missed two squats and missed uh, a third bench and so dana was slowly catching up and she gained some ground going into second delve and then tried to gain the rest of the ground in that final delve but just wasn't able to get it listen i think i think vilma's last deadlift would have pushed her onto the podium if somebody if Kimberly had missed her deadlift as well. So um, I, I, yeah. I think that's why that number was picked and not and not something else. Um, even though she missed her second, they went up for her third. I think that's why they did it that way. I, if I remember correctly, yeah, that is the case. They, they were like, fuck it, let's go. 
Why not? Um, yeah, and it, it totally makes sense. And 210 isn't, historically speaking, she said 205. That wasn't a crazy, oh my God, Hail Mary either. For that day it was, but not, you know, historically speaking. That's why she was upset with her deadlift performance. But if Sheffield does us have Agatha, Agatha, please take the fucking chips. It's going to cost you 5K. <laughs> Enough. Enough. For 5K, take the chip. I don't The bigger picture be damned. That's 5K US. Um, or whatever it is. Whatever. 6K or whatever the translation. I don't give a fuck. It's thousands anyways. I don't have the numbers in front of me. You get the point though, huh? You get the point though. Take the fucking chips. R- R- Ryan's gonna Ryan's gonna like put his headphones down and his mic down, walk over by the scoring table when she comes up and be like, You better have a chip on there. <laughs> no, I'm telling her ahead of time. I'm like, love the five K go whatever thousands it is. I forget what it is. Do you guys remember what it is for the world records? A, a five thousand pounds. Is it five thousand pounds? So that's even more than but uh but anyways, it'll be even more US translation. But she's in Poland, so she's picking the arrows. Anyways, whatever, yeah. you get the point. Let's move it along, fellas, to the 84s, where Amanda, 84 is obviously the land of Amanda Lawrence, and she cruises through the squad event, finishing with a 242.5, just shy of her previous world record. Probably tempted to possibly take a nudge at that, but opting instead, take it at Sheffield when the money's on the line, and I'm okay with that as well. Um, hits her opening bench, misses her next two bench presses, but she's comfortably in the lead. Um, hits two out of three deadlifts. Ends off with a 615 kilo total. But she doesn't need to push the world record. So she's below the world record in terms of total. But again, her eyes are on Sheffield. Um, in terms of the opposition, Kristen uh, Thorholz daughter ends up with 580 kilos for her total. That's a 20 kilo total PR for her, which is very respectable. Um, Danielle Philibert from Canada with a 540. So there's a pretty good spread with Amanda Lawrence from the rest of the pack here. Her bigger picture, obviously winning, qualifying for Sheffield, staying below world records so she could collect money in Sheffield. And if she could do all those while still winning best lifter, that'd be great because she would have been the first ever to three-peat in terms of winning three best lifters at the IPF World Championships, at least in the women's. I'm not sure if there's at the men's that's already happened, but at least on the women's side, possibly even the men's. But Turbo Tiff upsets the apple cart, takes best lifter, and now we have a storyline. Who can possibly win it when we go to Sheffield? Now, this is on good lift points. Sheffield is going to be based on by how much you could break the world records. That's why, strategically speaking, Amanda Lawrence wanted to stay underneath the world record total. Um, and, and still win at the same time, and she did so. Fellas, anything you want to add in terms of what you've seen on this day? I think the only thing that I would add there is that the final deadlift that Amanda Lawrence missed, I think if she'd got that, she would have been best overall. So I, th- I think that's why that number was loaded there um, gotcha. instead of instead of just taking like the safe 255 or 257.5 or something like that. I, th- I think that's it to adjust over, over Turbo Tiff. Um, otherwise, pretty much what we expected, right? Uh, she won by like a good 35 kilos, probably could have won by more if she'd been, if she'd really had to. So yeah. Good, good showing from her and, and basically fell the way I think we expected it to. 
Period. Um, add on to her, yeah, that, that, that third deadlift would have got her the best lifter and obviously break the world record deadlift and obviously then would have been the the biggest uh, female raw delf in the IPF, but she wasn't able to get it. Um, the other interesting thing too is people had said like for her bench, her butt was coming up. So I went back and watched the video and it's not the best angle to see the, the completely to see the butt up, but even on her opener delf, it looks suspicious like the butt may have came up, but she got three whites so no one could protest, but that's just something for, for them to be maybe be mindful of is if it is a issue that's been popping up in training and shows up at Worlds to fix that up going into Sheffield because in order for her to break her own world record total and place as high as possible, she's going to need her bench to show up to go along with her her monster squat and deadlift. Um, so just something for them. For for Kristen from Iceland, she had a, a great day. She actually hit PRs in every lift. She got the second place easy, easily. She was 40 kilos ahead and she broke the European record on the squat and total. So even though she missed the third bench delf she's had a great day overall um probably can't complain and then their battle really was for third place uh between danielle Zayana, and temi tope and um da danielle did a good job she was already in position on second deadlifts and she always has the weaker delf so she went up from 210 to 215 to nudge it up a little bit more to 540 uh temi tope from great britain didn't try and challenge her she just went up five kilos to try and beat out her own teammate Zayana, go from fifth to fourth and she missed so once Zayana had fourth place locked up then that's when she took a 10 kilo jump 235 to 245 to try move and steal the bronze medal from uh, danielle philbert from great uh, from canada and she ended up missing so uh, danielle ended up holding on to that uh, bronze medal moving on to the 84 plus gentlemen as we round out the women's um, episode and it's return of the queen bonica brown we thought maybe bonica would be facing some heavy opposition here from emily merger from france who obviously a phenomenal brancher um, and coming in, there was a chance that she could threaten Bonica. If Bonica misses, she hits. They were relatively close, but Emily Leach from Sweden ends up taking the silver medal um, and returning world champion Brittany Schlater ends up taking the fourth position as Bonica Brown misses only her final deadlift, ending off with a world record total. She takes in the squad event a world record 273.5 kilos. We're into the 600 pounds, um, obviously gaining the gold medal with Emily Leach from Sweden with a 252.5 kilo squat, taking the uh, bra or silver medal, sorry, and Annalena from Sweden, her counterpart, same only on body weight, settling for the bronze in the squat event. In the bench press though, Emily Merger from France, Opening with a world record, 158 kilos, absolutely monster bench press there. Jumping five kilos, retaining the chip advantage, 163 kilos for a second. Um, taking that, breaking her own world record and missing her third and final with 166.5. Bonica Brown, obviously solid throughout all three lifts, taking the silver medal with 152.5. And Emily Leach from Sweden with 145 kilos, taking the bronze in the bench press. And Brittany Schlater of Canada with 137.5 in the fourth position. Going into the deadlifts, Bonica Brown. Now, this is where some people started missing here. Bonica Brown went two for three, already had the win locked up, missed her third and final, ends off with a 668.5 in a world record total. Emily Leach hits 250 kilos and ends off with a 647.5 loaded up heavy with a huge 200 or huge 
272.5 kilo final pull, 600 pounds or 601 pounds going for it all to try to get the gold medal. Um, obviously missing that. And Emily Mergier only getting her opening deadlift of 230 kilos. Obviously that wasn't as planned. Uh, we thought she might threaten Bonica, but ends up just finishing in a bronze medal position, but collecting a world record along the way with Brittany Schlater also only getting her opener, ending off with 617.5 kilos. Um, fellas, what are your thoughts? Rory, I'd like to get your thoughts on the 84 pluses, sir. Sure. Uh, it's worth pointing out that uh, Monique Body from uh, USVI, sorry, ISV, that's uh, USVI, isn't it? Um, yes. I yeah. uh, set a Masters 1 world record on total, so that's pretty cool. We should probably call that up. Um, bo- both Emily Leach and Emily Mergier are both listed as having broken European records on their totals, so I don't know why both of them are listed because they are both open lifters in the same class. Um, I wonder if that might be a, a yeah. scorekeeping error and it should just be attributed to Emily Leach, but uh, maybe Ariane, you know more about that. Um, but again, you know, Bonica, uh, not quite a comfortable win because Emily Leach was able to load up and take a, you know, at least take a shot at, at, at taking it. But she did win by like a solid margin, um, which is more or less what we expected to happen. Uh, no more from me. Aria. Uh, as far as the uh, markings on the score sheet, it's, it's kind of showing the history. So Miesia broke the European record on her opener deadlift, and then Leach broke it on her opener deadlift gotcha. and then second deadlift. So it's, it's kind of like showing the history of the record, but Leach is the one who ends up with it. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of world records broken in this one as well, and European records broken in this one. Uh, with Bonica, her third deadlift initially was a good lift two to one, and then it got overturned and dro- and, uh, to a no lift, which dropped her down to the 668.5. And I think th- that's when... Uh, Emily Leach and the Swedish team were like, YOLO, let's put on 272.5 and pull for the win. And that got off the ground. I think she got to like below her, just below her knees or whatever. So she actually got off the ground, got it kind of close to her knees and then couldn't get it past the knees. So um, her total obviously would have been more and her European records would have been more. Maybe she would have had the the biggest deadlift in history, but obviously you're doing the 272 for the win because that, that's what you're there for. And then, yeah, unfortunately with uh, Emily Miezer from France, it was kind of disappointing again. I was looking at her history going back to last year and before Worlds, she did a 613. And then at Worlds, she has issues with locking out her second and third deadlift misses and only gets 600 and she gets third place. Then she starts progressing again at Europeans, progressing again at their nationals, doing 647.5. And we think it's going to be this big battle. And then, unfortunately, she has lockout issues again with her second and third delif. She misses, and she drops down to 638. So something going on there with her delif because her squat's progressing nicely. Her bench is blowing up. They just have to figure out the... Um, the, the peaking the Delft correctly for worlds for traveling everything like that and the lockout issue is the main thing for her to be able to hit some kind of close to her PR or new PR at the world championship where it matters so uh, unfortunately the two times I picked her um, higher placing for worlds she's disappointed but you know still coming away with that world record bench and then having the 638 total at a world championship is still pretty great I agree sir um, alright look at that is all of the weight classes we do have some awards, but I'm wondering if we don't just put a pin in it and record that after we do the men's episode. We got ourselves possibly a short. We, well, we can. Yeah, we can kind of mention what you, we already mentioned before is uh, Tiffany Chapon won the best lifter. Amanda Lawrence got second best lifter and Jess Bender got third. 
Um, and we had already said Amanda was trying to pull for it. As far as the teams, uh, USA got first, France got second, and Canada got third. So the actual, the big shakeup on the women's side, which we weren't all projecting, we're like, oh, it's going to be Tiff versus Heather, or it's going to be Bonica versus Emily, and it turned out being Leah not not making weight and Meg Scanlon winning, that was a turnaround that US needed to win the best team. That's going to hurt. And that's going to be a long plane ride um, with Team France. You know, that's tough because they were definitely the favorites and a solid favorite uh, to take the, the national team title. And as a result, I think all three of us took a bath on the Fantasy League, yeah? Absolute <laughs> fucking bath, my friend. Uh, because <laughs> yeah, we, not we only, tanked it. <laughs> not only did we have Leah, but for any tie-breaking opportunities, it moved on to whom you're taking for, like, best lifter, I had uh, Amanda Lawrence, Turbo Tiff one. And then on top of that, another tie breaking for best. If, if you had a tie with someone else would be national team points. I had Team France. And the whole, the whole Leah situation really fucked me. Uh, but, but like at least it's like. It's my fault. I took at least like dinner. What? But that, you know, I should <laughs> have not. But. But like at least for Leah, like the vast majority of people picked her to win. It was just how many points you gave her. Like unfortunately, I gave her sixteen points, so that hurt me. But like other battles, like if you had picked, let's say I picked Agata and Jess won, that was a big turnaround. Or or if you had picked Marta and Chandler won, that was a big turnaround. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention too, way I kind of been mentioned throughout the whole episode is, is Sheffield. Is just to go over the spots. Is the automatic weight class champions are. Tiff for the 47s, Noemi for the 52s, Joy for the 57s, Chandler for the 69s, Jess for the 76s, Amanda for the 84s, and Bonica for the 84 plus. And then from the regional wildcard, as Roy had mentioned, uh, Evie Corrigan gets the Oceania region. So there's four spots available for SB to work with that they can pick, whether they want to put Aaliyah in there, an Agata in there, a Plune in there, uh, a Heather in there, those kind of people to make some kind of weight class battles inside of the whole competition. Oh, Lord. Look at Looking <laughs> at these battles, we've had some good ones. Um, or Jed Jackup versus Joy Namani return. Yeah. Like you, you think about some of the battles. Yeah. When I look at the battles, we think Plune, Plune's good. Jed Jackup versus Joy rematch. Holy shit. Agatha, obviously, Jess rematch. Holy shit. Um, I mean, yeah, man. There, there's, there's some holy shit ones. You know they want, I mean, they want viewers. The amount of money they're dumping into this, you better get. If you dump this kind of money and it's, well, that was okay. That's not acceptable. It's not going to be good. You can't take for granted, right? It's got to be. They're going to go all out. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of discussion to be had on that end, I'm sure. Arian, how do I even hit stop on this motherfucker? Well, I, I can hit stop whenever right. you're ready to close us out. I guess we're done. We the next, Please, everybody, wherever we're at, wherever you're at, subscribe. Give us high ratings. You don't want to miss this. We have more episodes to drop. If you haven't subscribed, you might have missed Russ. You might have missed Bob Matthews. You might have missed uh, fuck, well, Delaney Wallace. We got Anna coming on. We got Turbo Tiff coming on. Penn is coming on with them. Um, Jad Jackup. No AMA Aliber coming on with a one-two punch. I mean, we whatever. We got, we just got tons of people, and I'm still asking more and more people like every other day. So as quickly as I can ask, I'm, I'm rushing them all in. Don't miss these episodes as well as the men's division, as well as our polls and the results of our polls, and then who's the breakout star, who's whatever the magical moments in the men's and women's. Don't miss these episodes. 
Tons of content coming. Subscribe. Give us high ratings. Until next time, six-pack Lapidat and the fellas. Six up. We are out.